is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. All right, let's do this. What's going on, everyone? Big edition today of Winnipeg Sports Talk as we count down to tomorrow night's tilt between the Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames. Jets back at practice today. Little tweak to the lineup. We'll get to that as well. And looking forward to getting the latest on the club with the voice of the Winnipeg Jets, none other than our good friend Paul Edmonds. And after that, Mike McIntyre, who was down at the rink today covering practice. We'll get Mike's thoughts on the club as well as talk a little Masters with Mike because he's got a great piece in the uh, Winnipeg Free Press speaking with another good friend of the program, Derek Ingram, the Winnipeg-based coach of Corey Connors, who, uh, of course, just won on the PGA Tour last week. Has um, had great, great results at Augusta National at the Masters. And Corey Connors today playing in the uh, great tradition of the Canadian practice round. Mike Weir, Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, and Adam Svensson, the four Canadians that are teeing it up Thursday morning at Augusta National, all playing together. So talk a little bit about that as well as we get ready for tee-off on Thursday. But um, if you're around these parts, it's all about tomorrow night's game, Calgary and Winnipeg. The Flames do play tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. We've got a little interesting news on the goaltending situation in Calgary, which we'll chop up as well today. Coming up on the program, a little later on, we'll get to the cool bet lines and talk a little bit more about how things are shaping up for Augusta. But the real focus today is on the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, the Winnipeg Ice as well, taken on Medicine Hat tonight in Game 3 of their opening round series of the WHL playoffs. Ice up 2-0 after two tidy wins at home at the Ice Cave on the weekend. Um, Just before we get into the program and uh, bring Michael Rivas in, a big thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, including two of our newest sponsors, Modern Man Barbershop, Aquatech, as well as Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, Vita Health, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, Aikens Lake, Breezy Bend, and of course our friends over at Cool Bet. New edition of the Lock Shop is up. Dusty and I hit some hockey for tonight. We hit some baseball for tonight. So if you're with us on YouTube, you can also head over to at Lock Shop Bets. Subscribe to the channel as well for our daily content uh, with my friend Dustin Nielsen in Edmonton. Let's get to it. And get Michael Remus in here. What's up, Reem? Hey, uh, how's it going? I'm just sitting here, just shaking until the biggest game of the year tomorrow night. Uh, sorry, I'm just fixing up my camera here. But uh, a lot of questions in chat, Hus. Is tomorrow a must win or a can't lose? And this is why it's the biggest game of the year. It's both. It is. Both. Worlds are colliding. It just <laughs> talks about the magnitude of this game with the Jets and the Flames uh, tomorrow, Canada Life Center. National broadcast, 6.30 start. It, you know, just a reminder, people uh, you know, Ooh, may forget. 6.30 start. Yeah, people people forget. Uh, rose, rose some off. So uh, this is you know this is where you want to be, fighting for a playoff spot. Now, going back to January, did I think the Jets would be you know hanging on for life here as we approach again? No. I didn't, but I think before the start of the season, we all thought the Jets would be in a similar 
position. So they are at uh, 89 points with 77 games played. Calgary, 87 with 77. And Calgary plays tonight against Chicago. We'll see how it goes. Calgary's last couple games, they get down and have to you know, pull some magic to come back, like against Vancouver and yeah, then against they hadn't Anaheim. they have done at any point this year. I think they were 0-40. Yeah. When trailing going into the third period this year. Um, now, they do have 15, I believe, 15 losses in overtime or shootouts. But, uh, I mean, they did it. I mean, they came back against the Ducks. They came back against the Canucks. They did what they had to do. All the Jets did what they had to do on the weekend. And I think it's, in all likelihood, we're going to be talking about two teams tied for that final playoff spot, albeit with the Jets in a game in hand tomorrow when the teams play here in Winnipeg. So, um, obviously, the focus is in and around the game. You, you you mentioned that tomorrow's biggest game of the year. Would this be the biggest practice of the year today, considering <laughs> considering the stakes of tomorrow's game? I'm not sure. We'll find out a little bit more about what went down. I, I, I will get into one little tidbit, and we can talk about this with Pauly and with Mike as well. Uh, was it small tweak to that fourth line right now? With Stenny and Morgan Barron, it looks like Carson Kuhlman's going to get back to press box duty and Saku Menelainen will come back into the lineup. And I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised at that. Just that, you know, more often than not, when things roll the way they did for the Jets on the weekend, you know, usually you don't change the lineup very much. Although I do think they like the size of Menelainen. I think that may be impactful in the game tomorrow night. Um, and certainly Menelainen has been a big part of a very good penalty kill unit that has been quite consistent throughout the entire season. So um, he's going to get the tab to uh, to play. But as far as how the lines look today in practice, Connor dubois Shifley, Ehlers, Nemetsnikov, Wheeler, Nino, Lowry, Appleton, and then Baron, Stenny, and Menelainen. Uh, Morrissey, Pionk, Dylan, and DeMello and Sandberg and Schmidt with Stanley and Capobianco as the extras, and uh, Axel, David Gustafson, and Carson Kuhlman as the extras right now as the rosters are a little bit bigger. But um, what, what's interesting, Remo, and we'll kind of focus in on the Jets with our guests, but talking about this Calgary game tonight, uh, hosting the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Flames, of course, are a massive favorite. I don't think many people are holding up much hope for the Chicago Blackhawks to help out the Winnipeg Jets. They've lost eight straight all by two or more. Let's just say that Dusty was heavy in on Calgary today in the lock shop. But what is interesting is that Markstrom's getting the start tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. And, you know, I saw Thomas Drantz tweeting. I tweeted this as well. I mean, maybe we'll see Darth Vladar tomorrow or Dan Vladar, I believe is his uh, proper name, uh, in net tomorrow. But seeing Julian McKenzie and uh, the guys at Ring of Fire sort of tweeting back at me today, uh, I think they sort of expect that mm, Daryl Sutter is going to go with his number one guy, as you would certainly expect Rick Bonus to do in a similar situation with Connor Hellebuck. Um, but they, uh, you could have easily put Vladar in tonight against the Calgary Flames and give Markstrom a little bit more rest. Doesn't look like that is going to happen right now. And obviously we'll be paying attention to this game between Chicago and Calgary to see exactly how it shakes out. Um, we'll see also how busy Markstrom is, how he plays, and whether he can do it two nights in a row because this Winnipeg Jets hockey team is going to be ready. They've built up some momentum from those two wins on the season, and I think everybody knows what is at stake when the puck drops tomorrow night. Yeah, Markstrom was so good last year, one of the top goalies in the league, 9-2-2 save percentage, 2-2-2 goals against this year. 
890 save percentage, 298 goals against. And, you know, on back-to-back, your numbers do get slightly worth the math shows that it's science hustlers so um we'll have to see how it go plays out tomorrow but they're gonna ride there i do remember dan vladar playing very well here in winnipeg a couple times and as we look ahead to calgary you know they had that stinker um on the 20th where they did no showed against la but since then they've been all right they won against the ducks lost against vegas but then they're on a, a bit of a heater here won against the sharks the kings Canucks on the home on this homestead. Now they'll the Ducks again on Sunday. I mean those those Ducks and Canucks games. They were down late and had to had to battle back. So props to them, and they'll finish up their homestand against Chicago before traveling here. Um, so we'll see what happens tonight. That's what our eyes are on. Uh, you know, around the other playoff race, Nashville. They got pumped last night by Dallas. I think they're out of it. I mean, they're kind of hanging on. They've had a lot of injuries. Um, and what they've still got a game in hand though, but they are, uh, five points back of the Jets. So I think their time is running out Nashville four, five, and one in the last, in their last 10, but look at Calgary six, two and two in their last 10. Are they peaking at the right time or is it too little too late? Our questions will be answered tomorrow. It's not too little too late. I mean, listen, that's why this, it's all about tomorrow night's game. Calgary, the average point total of Calgary's teams on their schedule for the rest of the year is 72 for Winnipeg. I believe it's 85. So uh, and this is part of the thing that I've been talking about for the last two weeks, why these recent games and that San Jose game was so costly to the jets is because once they get to this game and afterwards, you know, Winnipeg has, I mean, they're on the road on the second night of back-to-backs against Minnesota and then finishing up the season in Colorado. And when you look at the standings right now in the Central Division, I mean, it is so close. It's hard to imagine that, you know, everything is settled by the time the Winnipeg Jets play those games. Um, Dallas is now, after their win last night, is in first place, tied dead heat with Minnesota. They actually have the tiebreaker based on two more regulation and overtime wins. And then the Colorado Avalanche are two points back of those teams, but with two games in hand. So, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Minnesota, Dallas, and Colorado are going to be playing right till the final game for their positioning, home ice, who gets first place. And the Jets would love to not have to rely on points in those final two games. Um, And I guess there's a possibility that that would be the case, that they could run the table at home, starting with this game tomorrow night against Calgary. Um, but it certainly is a very, very tough situation right now for Winnipeg. And I know the numbers favor the Winnipeg Jets. But it, to me, Remo, it all comes down to tomorrow night. I'm sort of with you. I think the quality of teams that Nashville plays and what's left of their team, I don't expect them to be there in the mix in those final few games of the season. But with Calgary and their very, very soft schedule outside of this game against Winnipeg tomorrow, it is it is the must win. It is the can't lose. It is you got to have two points, preferably a clean two points against the Calgary Flames tomorrow. And i um, got to tell you, there's a lot of other things going on in and around the league. But for the Winnipeg Jets and for this team, they need to simply focus on bringing what they did on the weekend against Detroit and the New Jersey Devils, building off of an offensive explosion that was such a long time coming. And uh, 
and find a way to win tomorrow night. That pretty much is it. And I'm looking forward to hearing what Bones has to say and uh, some of the other leaders on the Winnipeg Jets that spoke today after practice. Yeah, you know, we watch this team enough to think, okay, are the Jets back to what we, what we saw in the first half of the season, or were they just playing well against teams coming here on, you know, back to second half of back to back, and they're going to revert to some of the stuff we've seen for the last couple months. Well, thankfully for them, they are playing another team on a back-to-back. And I've seen a lot concerns in chat from fans that Calgary may not get here because of an impending snowstorm. Oh. Um, I mean, if anything, I think they would just maybe be delayed. Like, how many times has that happened? So I don't think anyone should have any concerns about that. But I've just seen it a lot in our chat yesterday and today, people saying, well, what if Calgary, you know, can make it? And, you know, then we can play them on, you know, the Jets would play them at another day. I'm like, ah, you know, worry about that. No, no, no. When That's it. The, we'll, they're coming. They, they will find a way. They'll By the way, way. Sh- yeah. shout out to Wrench Doozer in chat. Going back to the uh, wave conversation of yesterday after the wave cost Connor Hellebuck his shutout. <laughs> Uh, okay, I, it was both nights, right? Because he had a shutout yeah. going on Friday. Yeah. And the- oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, okay. I mean, so, anyways, the uh, wrench doozer said to honor the full religious calendar, I promote, propose the 11th commandment. Thou shalt wave to thy neighbor, but thou shalt not wave in unison with thousands at a sporting venue. Um, hey, you know what? Wave all you want. If the Jets can win tomorrow night and get it done, as much as we'd love personal accolades for players, shutouts and whatnot. Um, it's going to be bananas tomorrow night. I, I cannot wait for this hockey game. I hope that any folks that were maybe on the fence about getting back out to games or that were kind of sour a while ago looked at the way the fans stepped up on Friday and on Sunday and want to be a part of that. Um, and it's going to be a nationally televised game. It's going to have a playoff atmosphere. And I know... We were talking the why not question of the day, whether people would take this as maybe an early opportunity to throw the whites on and get that playoff atmosphere. I'll I'll bet that there's a lot more white in the building. I don't think it'll be an actual white out, but if the team can win the game tomorrow night, I think the uh, chances of a white out for the playoffs increase uh, exponentially. Now, speaking of whiteouts, and that issue that you just brought up, Remo, about the Calgary Flames getting here for this game. And, of course, they are playing tonight. So, I mean, they are not going to be finishing their hockey game till probably in and around 11 o'clock Winnipeg time, probably getting out in sometime after midnight and coming in late. The snow's going to be coming. Um, the latest update from Environment Canada is from 10.20 this morning says that this Colorado low is bringing 15 to 15 to 25 centimeters of heavy snow, oh, strong that's actually, winds. That, okay, that's legitimate, yeah. Yeah, of heavy snow, strong winds, and visibility reductions. The snow is going to begin late this afternoon. Heavy snow is going to fall over southern Manitoba and will continue until Thursday morning. Now, the biggest uh, and greatest accumulations sound like they're going to be in the extreme southeast portions of the province, sort of in and around Buffalo Point, uh, with totals between 20 to 25. It'll decrease to the west. The Red River Valley seeing 10 to 15, and western Manitoba looking for 5 to 10. So this system's going to impact everybody. Um, I think that southeast area probably will bear the brunt of it. 
But as we've seen with these storms before, they are at times hard to predict as to where the big bands go. Bottom line is make your plans to get down to the rink early tomorrow. Uh, I would love to see a full house, um, maybe a lot earlier than normal, although it is an early game at 630. But um, do whatever you have to do. Leave a bit early. Come into the city tonight, heck, if you're from out of town. Spend a little bit of extra time in Winnipeg and get ready for uh, for the game tomorrow night. Now, one thing we will see tomorrow night, and I think this is a, a great thing for a team that needs to be together right now, Remo. I mean, we've talked about this at times on the program, about the opt-outs of the Pride Nights of particular teams overall, as well as players. Um, I think for all parties, this is a great news today that the Winnipeg Jets are not going to be distracted about one or two players going in their own way and having the media talk about it at nauseum. Full participation for uh, the warm-up wearing the jerseys tomorrow. And regardless of how you feel about the different nights that these hockey teams do, I think that in this situation, going into a game that is all about this team coming together and finding a way to beat the Calgary Flames, uh, it's a big, big plus for a team that we're not having the same conversation that teams like the Flyers and the Florida Panthers had on their respective Pride Nights. And, um, you know, and I also think it's important. I mean, this was never an issue the last few years. No one was ever even talking about it. This is not like the first Pride Night that the Jets or other teams have done. For whatever reason, it got a lot more contentious this year, and some teams and players sort of opted out. That won't be the case for Winnipeg. And um, listen, it'll be all about the game tomorrow night and obviously supporting and making uh, a welcoming community for the LGBTQ uh, population here in Manitoba. Uh, And I know that some friends in that community have been looking forward to this uh, event for a long time. And I'm just happy that, you know, the actions of one or whatever won't, um, you know, won't take away from the event and frankly won't take away from the focus, which is on the biggest hockey game of the year. And as I've said a number of times, I mean, even if this is not something that's important to you individually, if you are part of a team, you're wearing a different colored warm-up jersey for 15 minutes. No one's being asked to dance on the Pride Parade float or anything like that. So um, that was, I think, really good news from the Winnipeg Jets. And Adam Lowry said, and we'll hear from him later, later, later on, they did decide on this to do this as a team. And uh, they're going to need to be a team for a full 60 minutes tomorrow against Calgary. Yeah, Mike McIntyre uh, with the quote, and he's going to be joining later today. He said, we arrived at that decision as a team. It's important. We want to make sure our rink, our facility is a welcoming place. Uh, everyone can feel included. And I was I was happy to see uh, Morrissey and Lowry spoke. And um, I think it shows how united they are as a team. And, um, you know, they're going to come together and try to, you know, beat up on the Calgary Flames, but while also uh, making sure... Uh, you know, they're making everyone aware of diversity and inclusion, and there's going to be some displays around the concourse on that as well. So I think it should be a you know a great evening. Um, you know, I don't know if this is going to sell out tomorrow. I'm hoping that uh, the building is packed with Jets fans, and um, this is this is it. They've been waiting for this game for a while, Huss. I'm getting almost chills thinking about it's playoff like atmosphere. I'm expecting. Oh, oh, uh, there's no doubt about it. There is absolutely no doubt about it. And, you know, as you kind of brought up, and many people have, the Winnipeg Jets need to take advantage of a schedule advantage that they've had this this week. I mean, it's 82 games. You've got a lot of spots on the calendar where you're playing a rested team. 
um, and you've played the night before. Well, the Winnipeg Jets did a great job in taking advantage of teams that had played the night before on the weekend, and they simply have to do that again tomorrow against the Calgary Flames. What do you think about Markstrom going tonight and going back-to-back? I don't believe he's done that since the beginning of March. Um, But I think it does make sense. And listen, we're talking about Daryl Sutter here. I mean, this is about as old school a guy as we have in the game right now. And it would seem it would seem almost impossible when I really do think about it that if this game goes well tonight and Markstrom gets the win, that some analytics guy in the Calgary Flames front office is gonna go, you know, the numbers tell us that the backup's probably a better play. Um, you'd probably shut that conversation down quite quickly. So to me, as long as Markstrom doesn't completely blow it tonight. Um, he'll be playing on the second end of back-to-backs, and you know Connor Hellebuck's going to be up for this challenge tomorrow night. Part of me is like, if you can't trust your backup goalie against the Chicago Blackhawks, why is he on your roster? The other part of me is, well, this is basically a play. Calgary needs to, it must win every game for Calgary. Every game for them is the biggest game of the year. And so they need these two points to try to catch up to the Jets so who are you going to ride in a game that you need to win? Probably your number one goalie. And so because these are playoff games, I get going with Markstrom. I don't think he's been – he hasn't been the Markstrom of last year, but he's shown flashes at times. They are in a bit of a heater here, so um, I get it. But uh, I think the Jets have a slight advantage. I don't know what the money puck you know, percentages are going to be or the, the game line. I don't know if Cool Bets released a, a line. I would imagine the Jets are going to be favorites, and – just if you want to look at Money Puck right now, the Jets 68.8% chance to make the playoffs. Calgary at 30.5. So maybe it'll be similar in terms of the game odds tomorrow. That that flips tomorrow if the Jets don't win. Um, but as far as what the line will be tomorrow night, I will predict Calgary plus 110, Jets minus 130. Something, something right around there. I mean, not a massive favorite, but a favorite. And... Um, Obviously, the schedule will be a part of that as well, uh, but also the Winnipeg Jets sort of found their mojo getting that big win on the uh, on the weekend. So uh, Pride Night to go, all players all in, and uh, uh, a matchup against this Calgary Flames team that, as you mentioned, Remo, has been playing a heck of a lot better as of late. Well, they've been getting the results as of late. I mean, I can't really tell you where they've been playing a whole lot better because they actually had a number of games this year where they'd did everything that you thought you could do, putting a ton of pucks on net, not scoring enough, and they weren't getting the goaltending. And to me, this decision to go with Markstrom tonight and probably back-to-back is maybe an obvious decision for a coach that's going to play their number one guy. But I'll tell you what, coming down in a one-game situation, I got a lot of confidence that Connor Hellebuck is going to be ready for this game, and he will take this as a a challenge going up against another one of the top goaltenders in the league, even if Markstrom's had a bit of an off season so far, because the importance of what is to come and really what happens tomorrow night, I think is going to be the decider as to who wins this playoff game. I mean, it is somewhat simplistic to say it's winning you're in tomorrow night because both teams have some other games. But when you look at the schedule, when you look at the way things shake out and how little time there is left in the season, um, I would say it is highly, highly likely that the winner of tomorrow night's game is going to be the eighth seed in the wild card. And that, in a lot of ways, means the playoffs are have started now in Winnipeg and tomorrow night. 
Yeah, sorry, I've been arguing with uh, people in the chat about the goalie. It was Salim Valji saying Daryl Sutter on their goalie situation. Um, just saying, Mark, he's been really, really good for us for quite a while. He's earned the right uh, just on the thought process of starting a goalie back-to-backs. And he said the last time he won them both with travel. You've got to put that into it. It's game seven. You want your ace. So seems like they're going to go with their ace here uh, for two. Yeah, yeah, and and I tweeted out after Salim had that tweet. Oh, Darth Vader uh, starting tomorrow yeah. looks like it, um, and obviously that's still a possibility. Um, but some of the folks that cover the Flames closely in the market said that that is unlikely, and the expectation is running Markstrom back to back as they've done a few times this season. So we will get to that. I'm really looking forward to our next conversation. It's been a minute since we've had the voice of the Jets on 680 CGOB. Paul Edmonds join us, and Paul is on deck right now. And um, coming up after Mike McIntyre joins us, we will hear a little bit more from Rick Bonus, Adam Lowry, Josh Morrissey, and the players that uh, that uh, spoke earlier today. All right, just before we bring in Paul Edmonds, uh, we had a great day yesterday on the program, a huge show, and welcoming a couple of new sponsors, including Modern Man Barbershops. Modern Man Barbershops now have eight locations in Winnipeg, including two of their newest locations on Pemina Highway, just before Bishop, near the University of Manitoba, or over on Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more, and a great selection of men's grooming products. If you need a cut or any of those services... Get on down to Modern Man. You can book your look online via modernmanbarber.com. Definitely give them a follow on Instagram at Modern Man Barbershops. And by the way, if you have the uh, skills of the scissors, they are looking for some more barbers as they continue to expand with the growing location list. Send your resume to info at aurahairgroup.com. Again, Modern Man Barbershops now with eight locations here in the city of Winnipeg. We also had a great welcome for Aquatech. Folks, if you're thinking, maybe throughout the pandemic, you were thinking about getting a pool, an in-ground pool. Well, Aquatech have been the leaders in pools for years here in uh, Winnipeg and Manitoba. And uh, maybe 2023 is the year you take the plunge. Go online to aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team can provide you on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And Aquatech also does whole home renovations with thousands of renos as their foundation. Let Aquatech upgrade any space in your home. If you're looking to finance, their team can provide plans that suit you. Schedule a design visit today. Visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more. Um. Our friends at Manitoba Battery, and I know Paulie's coming up, a uh, loyal customer of Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery, getting ready for fishing season. Uh, whether you're in the need for a battery for your car, your truck, or that summer toy you're working on, Manitoba Battery is the most convenient and well-priced option in the city, and they'll bring it to you. Order a battery at lunchtime today or even the start of Winnipeg Sports Talk, and they'll have it sitting on your doorstep in two to four hours for less money than you'd spend anywhere else in Winnipeg on the same battery. No more fighting for a parking spot at Costco or waiting in line at Canadian Tire. No more spending money at the big box store. Shop local and let Manitoba Battery bring the battery to you at the best prices in town. Give Donnie and his staff a call at 783-8787. Order online at manitobabattery.com 
or pop down and visit them in person at 1026 Logan Avenue. And, uh, hey, we're counting down to bomber season. We're counting down to the snow leaving first and foremost, uh, but already looking forward to a few CC and gingers at the stadium this year. Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian club, is also the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. And the Canadian club and ginger ale is now available in 473 milliliter cans at Manitoba Liquor Marts and beer vendors around the city. Pick up Canadian Club at your favorite Manitoba Liquor Marts and look for CC and Ginger at beer stores as well. Let's uh, talk some puck right now. Monster game tomorrow night. So much on the line as the Calgary Flames come to take on the Winnipeg Jets. And our pal that will be calling the game is Paul Edmonds. And uh, Polly joins us now. Polly, what is going on? Well, if I drank hard liquor, if the Jets were able to grab another victory, their fourth straight at home and third straight overall, I'd have a couple of CC and gingers after the game. But I'm not really a hard liquor guy, so and you know that. Well, we'll uh, we'll have a couple little brown jugs available for you after the game. <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, uh, there was uh, some celebrating downtown from uh, fans that I think really needed it. But as bad as the fans needed it, Paul, I'm not sure that the team and the players in that room didn't need those two huge wins. I described the first period and the game on Friday as cathartic. I mean, to have Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, and Kyle Connor all score in the the first period of that game on Friday, you almost couldn't write a script to help the Winnipeg Jets more than it did. And, I mean, to their credit, they continued to play right through it, had another strong performance against the Devils on Sunday night. I mean, you've been with this team through all the ups and downs, and it's sort of been some very, very high ups, some real low lows. Tell us, like, what what do you think the Winnipeg Jets can take out of this monster weekend going into a game that could very well decide whether they're in or out of the playoffs? Well, you've covered a bit of ground. I mean, number one, the... The cure-all for a bad negative or losing is winning. That's the panacea, right? And it just changes everything. Uh, the mood around the team, the mood around the city, the province, the market, all of it, uh, even the front office. And it just provides a little bit more of a, of a loose sort of let's go at them on, on Wednesday night against Calgary type of environment as opposed to answering questions about why aren't you scoring? What's wrong with the power play? How come you can't defend? Do you have to rely on Connor Hellebuck to do everything? I mean, it changes all of that. It also, let's not forget that goal scorers and guys that are paid to put points on the board feel pressure when they don't because that's how they measure their game and whether they're impactful in the game by scoring goals or putting up points. And when the Shifley's, the Connors, uh, the Dubois, the Ehlers, the Wheelers aren't doing that, well, they feel the pressure to perform. And, of course, they don't feel like they're really contributing in what they need to do and what they're paid to do. So, all of that gets, I think, not erased, but that feels a little bit better from the standpoint that those guys are contributing. As a result, the wins are coming up, and the two go hand in hand. There's a symbiotic relationship to the fact that your your top offensive guys are doing that, and now you're winning. So this has been a great weekend for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you know, six goals in two consecutive games for a total of 12 combined in the two games, and you haven't let in a lot of goals either. So from that standpoint, you're also defending and your goaltender, I think, has had some rest. So 
things are pointing in a northward direction for the Jets, but it was important to get off on the homestand hustler with a couple of victories. You took advantage of two teams that were coming in on back-to-backs in Detroit on Friday, New Jersey on Sunday. Can you do it again? Can you make it thrice with, of course, Calgary coming in in the most crucial game of the year for both teams when they're on back-to-back after playing the Blackhawks tonight? Yeah, and we'll get to the Calgary game in a minute. Um, there were some interesting changes. And I mean, listen, the, the, the San Jose loss, and I don't want to dwell on it, it was ugly and it could have been very, very costly. But to the Jets' credit, they got themselves back in the win column and they still do control their own destiny. But it was quite clear that Rick Bonus needed more from many players on his club and did a few significant changes to the roster that we saw bear fruit Let's start off with that top line. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Mark Shifley and his play over the last little while. A great start, productive getting points. Kyle Connor scores, and Pierre-Luc Dubois looked like a uh, a real problem for both Detroit and especially New Jersey. What did you think about that top line on the weekend, and uh, how impactful is their role going to be tomorrow going up against Calgary? Well, they looked like they had some chemistry together, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that they played together. They've all played together on the number one power play seemingly all season. So there's been some time that they've spent together. So there wasn't a whole lot of an adjustment period for those three players in Connor Dubois and Shifley. You know, Mark Shifley's accepted moving over to the wall. I think it's taken a little bit of pressure off him. He's still taking some, some face-offs depending on where they are and what side of the ice they are. But what it does for Mark Shifley is Mark's a shooter and he's also a distributor. But he's got a great one-time shot, and he wants to play in that spot, certainly on the power play. So if you get him over to the flank and have Pierre-Luc Dubois get him the puck, Mark loves to do that. And the proof is in the pudding. He's now at 39 goals. You've got to think that over the course of the next five that they have remaining, he's going to find himself into one more goal and get to 40 for the first time in his career. But Pierre-Luc Dubois does bring people toward him. And if he does, if he can pull one or two players toward him with the puck, Huss, then that opens up the two guys on your flanks, which include Kyle Connor, who had over 40 goals last year, and the guy that's banging on the door on 40 and Mark Shifley this season. So I think immediately they've had this, this chemistry, this little bit of energy bump from the standpoint that they've been put together in 5v5 situations. But it's really an extrapolation for me of what they were able to do for the most part, for most of the year on the power play. So it's nothing different there. And I think it's important to note that it's been with Mark Shifley's blessing to go over to the wall. It wasn't a punishment. It was like, how can we get this to get moving in the right direction offensively for you and the rest of the team? Would you be interested in doing this, willing to do this? The answer was yes, because at the end of the day, they're all trying to pull on the same rope to get to where they want to get to. And so far, so good through 120 minutes of hockey with Dubois, Shifley, and Connor as a line. And they're very hard to match up to against if you're the opposing coach because it's your three top players on the team that are on the same line. Well, and you know what I mean? And some would argue that Nikolai Ehlers is barged into that. And I'll say this. I thought he was one of the most impactful players and really has been a guy, even through this slump, Paul, has shown that he has the desire, he has the will. I mean, I still can't believe that he dropped the gloves with Braden Shen trying to spark (laughs) his team. I mean, maybe not the smartest move, but I think it said something to a lot of the fans and the club. And that second line, like it's one thing to load those guys up on the number one line, but you have to have more coming after it. And 
I don't know what we can say about Nemetsnikov. He has been the full-fledged Swiss Army knife since coming here to the Winnipeg Jets. Ehlers playing some of his best hockey, and dare I say, that got some of the best out of Blake Wheeler that we've seen in a long time, not to mention an absolute gorilla off his back for how long it had been since he lit the lamp. Yeah, he hadn't scored in 21, so in the 22nd game, he gets a goal, and he just looked energized, right? He just looked more quick more speedy he looked like the Blake Wheeler of a couple of years ago where he would dart through neutral ice with some speed coming off sort of the flank drop the shoulder go to the net and it was hard to contain that way and we saw glimpses of that in the last two games playing with Vladislav Nemestikov so that's been good because Blake Wheeler needs to score he's still an important part of this team you know he's the highest played payer or pardon me he's the highest paid player on this team as a result of what he did with a couple of 90-point seasons consecutively. So he needs to contribute. And what you're talking about is not that supplemental scoring, but having that augmentation to what you expect in the top line through your top six. They need to score as well if you're the second line. The other part that I really like about this is Nemestnikov and Ehlers seem to have grabbed some synergy as well. And I think part of that is that they're both in, in the structure of their their nurturing through hockey, kind of European, you know, finesse-type players with high skill, but they both played over in North America long enough. I mean, Nemestikov is from Michigan. He's more American than Russian. They both have a little bit of grit to them, but they seem to have been able to, through mental telepathy on the ice, find a common ground real quick and love playing with each other. Nikolai Ehlers has been very vocal about the fact that he likes playing with Vladislav Nemestikov because of that ability, the skill set that Vlad has. He's very responsible in his own zone. If it comes to hanging onto the puck and chipping it off the wall and sending somebody through the neutral ice with speed, and that usually is Nikolai Ehlers, they can read off each other. He'll make that play. And it's never a turnover, so you're kind of going back the other way when guys are trying to fly the zone to maybe get to a, a two-on-two or an odd man break. So I like the dynamic of that line and the makeup of it as well. I think it's complemented that top six very well in that top line for sure. And they've, they've found their way into some offense as well, and you can't complain about that. When you have the top six going, it just makes your team deeper. But it's just these subtle moves that have been made. And, and even to take it one step further, how about, I think, when you ask a guy like Nino Niederreiter, hey, can you play in the top six on your right wing side, your off wing? Yeah, sure, I'll play there. These guys are going to play wherever they're asked to play. That's just part of being a good teammate and thinking that you can contribute at whatever level you're at and whatever line you're at. But I think moving him onto the third line and over to his natural side with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton has got the best out of Nito Niederreiter as well. He scored in two straight. So now you've got a one, two, three punch. And I would dare say that the fourth line has found its way into some offensive opportunities. They just haven't scored. So it's been a couple of changes that have been made when it comes to moving some people around and then shifting them over from one position to another or maybe reducing sort of the pressure on them and coming down off of top lines to the third line that's I think made everything kind of copacetic for the Winnipeg Jets when it comes to scoring a little bit more and spreading it out throughout the top 12. Well, and, and listen, I mean, those three lines are going to be getting the uh, burden of the responsibilities tomorrow, but we can't forget about the fourth line. I mean, I, I'm a big Stenny fan. Kevin Stenland, I think, has established himself as a guy that can help the team in a number of ways. We're going to see a swap, it looks like, with Menelainen coming in for Kuhlman. Um, but Morgan Barron, Paul, I wanted to ask you about Morgan. I mean, for my money, he has continued to get more comfortable, elevate his game, 
And it's almost not fair that he's playing on the fourth line right now because of what he's done as of late. But I think that speaks well for the way things are looking ahead of him. But even in a fourth line role, we saw him make a big impact against the New Jersey Devils with that great play, taking advantage of the speed that he's shown on a number of occasions to get that step up and then convert on a penalty shot when the team had still been having a hard time scoring on the power play. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned the word speed because we are seeing that on full display with Morgan Barron. It's always been in there. But how do you play at top speed? Well, you play at top speed when you're confident and you're not thinking about where you need to go, just reacting. And that's part of a player's development and growth that's getting toward 100 games in the National Hockey League, and that's where he is. Well over 90, inching toward 100, and all of a sudden, for lack of a better term, the light bulb has gone on. But also, I think that he knows he's going to be here. He's found a home here. He's not up between the Rangers and Hartford and, and bouncing around. You know, he is an established NHL player with the Winnipeg Jets and a very important piece. And when I look at what you got for Andrew Kopp, and Andrew Kopp was a great player for almost eight seasons for the Winnipeg Jets, you got Morgan Barron, you got Brad Lambert. It's a pretty good haul for a guy that uh, wasn't going to sign here or that you didn't have the money to sign here. So you make that move last year, and now we're really seeing the fruits of of that trade and the labor that's gone in, in in kind of moving Morgan Barron along and being patient with him. And that body, that size that he has, the ability to use it physically to separate man from puck, he has some some skill. I mean, he scores on a penalty shot. We asked him post-game if he had really ever taken a penalty shot before, and the answer was no, you know, not really uh, in college, not really in pro hockey. Um, just fooling around after practice was the most experience that he had. He looked like a guy that had done it before. He looked like a 500-game poised vet, but I really like what he's done on the fourth line. And, you know, to characterize this as a fourth line might not be fair because it somehow diminishes the importance of that line. But I would tell you, if you've got a line that's uh, very complementary to your third line or your first checking line and what you have in that fourth line, and they can add a little bit of offense, who knows where it can take the Winnipeg Jets? Because as you know, sometimes in playoff scenarios and playoff series, your top players are going to X out the other top players, and you need those contributions from those guys down in the bottom of your of your roster and your lineup to kind of maybe put you over the top in an important third period or overtime scenario. Paul Edmonds, voice of the Jets on 680 CGOB Jets Radio with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk, getting ready for a 6.30 start tomorrow. Jets and Calgary Flames for uh, what really feels like all the marbles. Just before we talk about the blue line, um, you mentioned Nito Niederreiter. I talked about Nemetsnikov. I, I have had conversations on this show and away just with friends talking about the team, wondering where this team would be without those two trade line de- uh, trade deadline acquisitions. I mean, even when the team was really struggling, Paul, I think Niederreiter and Nemetsnikov have been two of the best and mo- con- most consistent players the team has had. And they have had massive, massive contributions to keeping the teams in to the wins that they have had and now seem to really fit in as this team hopefully is coming together right when they have to do it ahead of tomorrow. Well, you've used the term Swiss Army knife for both of them, but both are real plug-and-play guys, right? Yeah. They can play multiple positions. They can play up and down your lineup. Um, I, I like the, the ability that they show not only with the offensive skill set that both have, but both aren't afraid. I mean, Nino's a, a bigger body. He doesn't mind the, 
the physical confrontation and going and trying to dig off pucks off the wall and 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 separating man from puck or taking a body check. Same with Nemesnikov. He's not the biggest guy, but we've heard this. I mean, he gets right in there, sticks his nose in there, and he's tough as well. We haven't had to see a lot of that from him, but he won't back down. I mean, these two guys were important acquisitions at the deadline. We didn't know how so at the time. We're certainly seeing it now as they go along. And I think it's just made the Winnipeg Jets deeper from a skill standpoint, from the ability to play anywhere standpoint, but also with the amount of games that both guys have. I mean, both guys are 30 years old. Now, the interesting part is you have Nita Ryder for one more year after this season because he's locked into a deal. And it is going to be a situation where you probably need to make an offer to Vladislav Nemestikov because I think people are really growing on him as well and maybe him to this organization and this franchise. And uh, the you never, you never really know what is going to happen in the future. And I think that if you could kind of lock up Nemestikov for another year or two uh, just to have a little just in case, there's nothing like a little just in case um, something falters into the middle of your order or middle of your lineup or onto the wing Having a guy like that where you could plug and play in, in all kinds of situations is important. But these two guys have come in and they have delivered for the Winnipeg Jets. And, and I think that uh, more than that, you know, a couple of guys that are good guys and you can never have enough good guys in your room. And both uh, as well as being good hockey players and fitting in, certainly on the ice, they really fit in in the room as well for the Jets. No, I, I agree with you on all that. And and, you know, just quickly on extending to Metznikov, um, you know, whether it's a one or a two-year deal, I think it's something the Jets have to prioritize because, I mean, regardless of what happens in this game on the weekend and the remainder of the regular season, whether this team is in the playoffs or out of the playoffs, uh, I don't think there's any question that there is the potential of some significant player movement in the offseason just based on contracts, never mind uh, other situations. And you could be talking about missing one or two of the cornerstone center Iceman on this hockey club. And certainly he's looked great playing with Nikolai Ehlers and they found a guy that seemed to click with him right now. And certainly there is a spot for him. Let's get to the blue line for a minute, Paul. And Neil Pionk's had a bit of a star cross season. I mean, certainly there were some times that he didn't look like himself. The guy that, you know, a couple of years ago was the top defenseman on the club. But I have to say, as of late, Neil Pionk looks to be playing with a greater confidence, more effectiveness, not making some of the mistakes that haunted him beforehand, and was a huge, huge contributor on the weekend, especially Friday without Josh Morrissey. You've been watching him every shift of the way. What have you seen from Neil Pionk over the last few weeks, but especially this weekend, as opposed to some of the ups and downs he's had before? Well, Neil isn't your biggest defenseman on your team, but he does play a little bit bigger than his stature would suggest at six feet. He needs to skate. He moves the puck very well, and he needs to be physically engaged. And when he is all of those, that's when he's at his best. So I'm not perpetuating a rumor or trying to start one, but I do wonder if maybe he had an ailment for a while that's just now starting to feel much better and he was playing through something. I don't know that, but we start to wonder when you've been around this game long enough and covered it and followed it, when guys aren't performing at the level that you've seen them perform at and you know that it's not an age factor, you start to wonder, you wonder if there's something that's a little bit more to it when it comes to health. And so we don't know that for sure, but Neil has played much better in the last handful of games. I mean, let's not forget, 
he is the leading shot blocker on this team. So he could have taken a, a shot somewhere that, you know, is a deep bone bruise or, or somewhere and shots always seem to kind of hit you where there's no padding. We know that for sure if you've ever played the game. Um, but, I mean, he's made contributions in other ways. But I think the one thing that was kind of glaring for him was sometimes turning over the puck. And we haven't seen that as much. And he's moved it with more efficiency. And therein lies the confidence aspect and when you're a puck moving defenseman if you're not making that first pass and you're hesitating and you're stumbling with it bam somebody's going to get on you and check you and you're going to probably turn it over when it's staying on your stick blade and you're getting it flat and you're getting in scenarios where you're not flat footed and you're moving the puck again with a little bit more ease as we've seen or you have the ability to skate it that's what we're seeing from Neil. And boy, that's going to be an important part for the Winnipeg Jets. A great compliment on that one-two punch when we talk about Josh Morrissey, Dylan DeMello, and sort of that yin and yang that you have there and a puck-moving guy and an offensive guy and a good defensive responsibility player like DeMello. Same thing exists when you have Neil Pionk on that pairing with Brendan Dillon. So you can kind of match them up against anybody knowing that you're going to look the same in that regard. And Rick Bonus has already talked about Numerous times, all four lines looking the same. Well, same with the D pairings, right? You want to have a guy that moves the puck and a guy that's defensively responsible. And I think when Neil is at his best, he's doing both. And I would have to agree with you over the last, well, three to five games for sure, especially the last two games on this homestand. And one of them in the absence of Josh Morrissey, he has looked like the Neil Pionk that the Winnipeg Jets acquired in that Truba deal from the New York Rangers a few years back. He wasn't the only blue liner that stepped up, though, on the weekend and has uh, as of late. I mean, I, I thought that the play that Nate Schmidt made in the offensive zone to start off that play to Wheeler, then to Ehlers for the first goal was, it was I mean, exactly what they needed. That, that That's what Rick Bonus has talked about, that aggressiveness of trying to get his defenseman activated and in the play. And even though it was a second assist, it all started off with him. But, Paul, um, our guy Slamberg, uh, we've been talking about Dylan Sandberg quite a bit in the chat uh, this season. At times, he's been a guy that has come out of the lineup, which I think was maybe surprising. And I know you want to get other guys in. He looks to be a player right now that um, is in going forward and continues to play up in the lineup when needed and continue to contribute. What a season he's having right now. And uh, for my money, he's playing the best hockey of the year right now when his team needs it the most. Totally concur. I, I really like Dylan Sandberg's game. Again, he's grown in confidence, uh, grown as a player. We're starting to see that add-on of not just a defensive defenseman, but a guy that can get up the ice and move the puck. And he's a big body and he's physical. And I think that's the number one thing for him is you don't have to be ramming everybody through the wall, but you at six foot four need to have a physical element to your game. You have to seal off both posts. You have to be hard to play against below the goal line. You certainly have to win your fair share of board battles in along the back wall and in the corners. And then when you do have the puck, you have to make a play with it coming out of your own zone. And then he has the ability to skate and get up the ice. Very hard to take out of the lineup right now, in my opinion, and that's why he has uh, been, as you like to stay, say, stick-and-stay kind of guy when it comes to being on that left side with Nate Schmidt. And as far as Nate Schmidt is concerned, you know that's the type of play that's a simple play. You kind of come down the wall to pinch in. All you're doing is kind of skewering it back in toward the corner to hold the line and get it in deep so you can recoil back to your spot, let Blake Wheeler do the work. He digs it off the wall, puts it out in front, and how Nikolai Ehlers was left all alone in front of the goal the other night, I'll never know. But those are the types of play that 
plays that you're looking for from your defenseman. Simple, effective, and then just advance the puck. And sometimes it's to take a hit, move the puck three feet. Uh, in that case for Nate Schmidt, it was just down the wall. But I really like the pairing between those two Minnesotans in Nate Schmidt and Dylan Sandberg. And again, hard for anybody, I think, to look at Dylan Sandberg and say, well, we need to continue this rotation with Capabianco and Stanley, and you're going to come in. I think that uh, right now he has secured that position and uh, it would only maybe be to injury or if he had a couple of bad games and I don't see that happening, why he would come out of the lineup. Well, he's become a big fan favorite, I think, and uh, continues on many nights to lead the team in hits. And that is why we now refer to him as Slamberg in the WST chat going forward. Um, Paulie, just before we go, uh, and I still haven't, I'm thinking about this game tomorrow. I mean, the second we got out of the rink and started talking with people about this game on Wednesday, you realize the magnitude of it with Calgary's schedule, the win, comeback win on Sunday. They're playing the Blackhawks, who have basically mailed it in. We expect them to win tonight. Um, I, 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 is this the biggest regular season game? I mean, there's so much that goes into this game. I mean, in a lot of ways, you can make the argument that the winner of this game is probably going to the playoffs. Where the organization is at, how important it is to get playoff hockey back here, a white road around. Like, can you think of any game with the magnitude, a regular season game in the last number of years for the Winnipeg Jets than this one tomorrow night at 630? Uh, no, um, but I would hearken to tell you that it might be the biggest game in five years for this franchise. It's certainly uh, post-COVID the biggest game, uh, the most crucial. Uh, it will guide your path as to where you're going, right? And it will give you the inside track to get there if you are a winner. Uh, the only one that would compare to me in recent memory in terms of being an important game would be Game 7 against Nashville back in 17-18 where the winner's going on, the loser's going home. doesn't quite have that to it because you're not eliminated if you lose this game tomorrow against the Calgary Flames or vice versa for the Calgary Flames. But it certainly makes it much more difficult for you to leapfrog or supersede the team that beat you to get to that playoff spot. Winnipeg's in a pretty good spot right now, even with a win tonight by the by the Calgary Flames at home over Chicago, Winnipeg would still have the tiebreaker formula, right? So essentially there's a three-point differential between the two teams, but Winnipeg can take care of their business. They've talked about that seemingly for the last couple of weeks. We're in control. We're holding on what to what we have. We have to do that in order to maintain doing that. We need to win. Let's just see what happens. But I think there's a lot of excitement that's built. The arena will be buzzing, and that's great because it's two Western Canadian teams that have had great rivalries in hockey and football for years. Let the best team win. We'll see what happens, Hustler. Bring it on, 6.30 tomorrow night. Paul, this has been such a great chat. Before we go, I have to ask you something non-hockey related. I was just talking to Pitt and Pat about getting out to Aikens this summer. Have you been on the ice? How was the ice fishing season? And how about our guy Gussie winning the Bassmasters a couple of weeks ago? What a night for such a great dude. He is a great guy. Uh, Life-changing on what uh, what happened to him a couple of weeks ago. Great to see Buff with him hanging out. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> Apparently Buff just showed up with like flip-flops and a pair of shorts yeah. and a toothbrush. You know, uh, great for Jeff Gustafson. Great for fishing. And, and positive notoriety in our area because he's a Kuwaitan, Ontario guy, Kenora guy. Um, he is into Winnipeg quite often. He's a huge Jets fan. Uh, it's changed his life for he and his wife. Uh, but he worked for it. I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line on this, that nothing came easy in that business. And that business is a grind. 
but it is the Super Bowl of bash, bass fishing championships. Uh, more than happy to to really uh, shake his hand when I see him the next time and congratulate him. I think he's going to be uh, when in Winnipeg, I think, for one of these nights on the homestand coming up. So that would be great to see him. Uh, but that was awesome. And uh, I hope he can go back and defend his title. Uh, but uh, I would love to sit in a boat with him one time and just kind of pick his brain on bass fishing. I'm a walleye guy, but I do like smallmouth bass or largemouth bass as well. Uh, and anything I can learn from a guy that's won the, the Bassmasters Championship would be certainly a feather in my cap. Well, let's hope that uh, you're far too busy for a number of weeks going forward to get out on the water. But uh, I know at some point you will be. Thanks for doing this, pal. Have a great call tomorrow night. We'll look forward to catching up and hopefully talking about some playoff games coming up to Winnipeg in a couple weeks. Yeah, my pleasure, Hush. Uh, Hush, I hope the exact same. I hope we're talking about uh, the Jets getting in and talking about a first-round matchup with whomever that might be. Have a great one, Paul. Thanks for doing this. Okay, buddy. There's our guy, Paul Edmonds. You can uh, catch he and Jamie Thomas with uh, all the action. No one does it better than Paul. 680 CGOB Jets Radio. And I believe the games are also on uh, on Power 97. All right, Mike McIntyre is going to join us in just a second from the rink. Uh, folks, if you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, pop by one of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca. If you're celebrating Earth Day and Earth Month, Find all of your earth-friendly cleaning products and some great sustainable items at Vita Health. And have you had your healthy fats today? Yes, there is such a thing. Omega-3 fatty acids are beneficial for your skin, brain, joint, and heart health. That's where Health First Omega Supreme comes in. Get your healthy fats the easy way with this one-a-day soft gel. Health First Omega Supreme is on sale all month at Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives, seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. Uh, our friends at Wallace & Wallace are ready for the change of the season as they are Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist. You've seen their fences and trucks all over the city. They've been serving residential and commercial customers since 1946 if you need the security and protection of a new fence or if winter's done a number on your old one give them a call they've got vinyl ornamental welded wire chain link or wood uh, fences and if it's time to replace your garage door wallace and wallace also has winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors 204-452-2700 is the number the wallace and wallace team will arrange a time to come out and give you a free estimate you can also visit them online at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on lawson road off of keniston and guys as we get ready for spring and summer how's the closet looking is your menswear up to snuff well, if it's not, head on down to F Apparel and get suited up with the best custom clothing around. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. 15% discount for wedding parties if you need your suits for the fellas. And if you've got a 2023 high school grad, the young man will get a free custom shirt and tie valued at 150 bucks with the purchase of a new suit. Pop down and see him, 190 Smith Street downtown, and you'd make an appointment at F Apparel at ephapparel.com. And just before we bring in Mike, a big shout out to the Nick and Nikki DQ for their great support since day one of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Four locations, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, 
pop in for one of their amazing blizzards, those delicious stack burgers. And if you do want a custom DQ blizzard or ice cream cake, they can literally put anything on it. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll get it done for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. All right, let's get Mike McIntyre in here live from Canada Life Center before this monster chill tomorrow between the Flames and the Winnipeg Jets. Mike, what's going on? How are you? Doing great, Huss. Uh, the proverbial calm before the storm behind me here tonight, uh, or tomorrow night, of course. Uh, although the storm, the storm may arrive tonight, given the weather forecast. Let's just hope that uh, it's not as bad as some are forecasting, because you'd hate for anything to impede anyone's ability to to make it safely to the rink tomorrow night because this place should be absolutely electric, I would think. Uh, an old Smythe Division rivalry with so much on the line uh, between the Jets and the Flames. Uh, today was practice. Uh, there was a lot of activity behind me not that long ago. It was a, an animated, lively group. Uh, Rick Bonus was, was barking uh, at his team, uh, which is usually a good sign. Uh, not yelling, it was encouraging. Uh, and, and I'd say the mood amongst the Jets players has changed significantly in just a few days. That's what a couple wins and a dozen goals will uh, will do for a team, no doubt. Well, I mean, listen, that uh, I tweeted this out just after Friday night. I mean, that was the game that the team, the fan base, the city needed. They built on that on Sunday against the uh, New Jersey Devils. And... Uh, it wasn't a minute too soon because we knew the situation the team was after dropping those two points that you really felt they had to have against the San Jose Sharks, Mike. But speaking of the crowd, just before we get to practice in the team, um, one of my big takeaways from the weekend was just how the fans stepped up and got behind the team when I think they really needed it. And I wasn't entirely sure as to how bent people were with the way the last couple you know months had gone and whether everyone would be there. But, I mean, you felt that buzz walking into the arena on Friday night. Um, Hellebuck made that one big save at 0-0. I still wonder how things might have been different if that one finds a way. But shortly after that, Connor scores, Wheeler scores, Mark Shifley scores, and it seemed like everything that needed to happen for this hockey club came together in a matter of 20 minutes, and this team did not look back. And, um, from the Jets' perspective, they're going to hope to just keep this momentum going into a game against the Calgary Flames. They've been doing their share, fair share of winning lately to keep pace with the Winnipeg Jets. It's a great point. And in fact, a number of Jets players today brought up the crowds from the weekend and the role that they played in the team's success. The players feel it. They hear it. And, you know, Huss, it's one thing to cheer, you know, the, the big goals and the big saves which you'd expect. Uh, to me, this past weekend showed what I think we all know around here, which is Winnipeg fans, you know, Manitoba fans, Canadian fans are among the smartest in the game because it wasn't just those big moments that got cheers. It was some of the little things as well. And it goes back to what I've long believed about this organization, the team that they have this year, and what fans want. I mean, you're not going to win every game no question about it. But fans want to see effort. Uh, they want to see, you know, second effort, third effort. And there was a lot of that, especially I thought on on Sunday night. You know, 
whether it was shot blocks that the crowd was roaring over or just a really good shift with some sustained ozone time and a cycle, like the crowd responded to that and the players feed off that. And, you know, those are things I travel around the league. I can tell you when you're in a lot of other markets, um, you don't hear big cheers for things like that. They, they cheer when there's a goal or when there's maybe a, a possible fight. That's what the crowd comes unglued for. Here in Winnipeg, we see this. It, it's Fans appreciate when they see players laying it on the line, those second and third efforts. And, you know, that's why when we look at this Jets season, I think early in the year, it wasn't just the fact this team was winning. It's the way they were playing that really got the fan base behind them. And I think that's why there was so much disappointment when things started to unravel. It wasn't just that they were no longer winning as much as they had. It's that fans didn't feel like the same effort level was there, the compete, the pace, the urgency. Well, certainly this weekend we saw a return to that, and I think the fans responded in kind. No, they really did. I mean, a, a few plays stood out. I mean, that hustle play for Neil Peon to get back and uh, thwart that breakaway yeah. was a play that, you know, I mean, got some people out of their seats for it. And I don't know about you, Mike, and I was thinking about this, and I didn't bring this up yesterday, but I'll hit you with this. And I'm not sure whether there's a way to really quantify it and how much of it ends up being, to be honest, sort of luck. But did it seem to, it seemed to me like the Jets' sticks were so much better this weekend than they had been lately. And now whether yeah. they were in a better position to get their sticks on pucks, but I thought they created far more turnovers. They were in the right spot. They thwarted offensive opportunities from both the wings and especially the New Jersey Devils in a way that we had not seen as of late. And um, I'm not sure whether it was doing anything different or, as I said, maybe the theory of just being in a better spot, being more prepared for it, helped them do that. But, um, you know, in the past, we've talked about the Jets' puck management and making uh, passes that this has sort of cost them in the other way. Yeah. I really thought that they were the far better team doing those little things. And those were a number of couple of things. There were some moments that were appreciated by the fans of just simple defensive plays using those sticks that seemed to bear a lot more fruit in the last couple of games than they had for a long time for Winnipeg. Well, and you just have to look at that goal. Uh, I believe it was the Niederreiter goal on Sunday night, right? Yes. You know, if Adam Lowry doesn't make the hustle, back check, stick lift, puck steal, there's a good chance the Devils, I mean, Eric Halla, who had just stepped out of the penalty box, he might have been off to the races on a breakaway. Instead, Lowry, you know, the, the power play had just expired. It was unsuccessful. But then Lowry makes that, that extra play. He doesn't even get an assist, so it doesn't show up on the score sheet. But that's a goal and a big goal um, that is created by effort, by hustle. And I think, to, to your point, Huss, that's just a matter of the Jets moving their feet, not being so stationary, um, and, and I think responding to the moment, knowing that, hey, the season's on the line here. Uh, we can't keep going the way we're going, or we're not going to be playing for much longer. We saw the urgency step up. We saw the pace step up. And I think the players are putting themselves in better position. And look, you can't control things like how the other goalie's playing or your puck luck. You know, th those are variables that are kind of out of your control. You certainly, though, can control a lot of other facets of the game. And I think we saw the Jets kind of take control 
of some of those elements of their game that had been missing in large portions lately. Well, and listen, I mean, let's face it. I mean, coming out of the San Jose game, one of the things that had been missing was that, you know, professional emptying the tank that, you know, you expect players to do. And, I mean, Rick Bonus said very clearly after the game, and some of these guys thinking that they're giving everything they've got, they're dreaming. Um, we certainly got more of that on the weekend and from some of the players that were most in the crosshairs of both fans and the coaching staff starting with Mark Shifley, and it coincided with the move to the wing, Mike. Um, what did you think about the way that Shifley handled that, the way that that unit played together, and what that did for the team overall to you know, get some good vibes for a guy that is such an important player in the team, but also the fact that this team looked like they listened to their coach and realized that there was a lot more to give? Well, I, I think it plays well in the room. It plays well amongst yeah. the players because – you know, for one thing, Huss, let's face it, at times Mark Shifley has been accused of being a selfish hockey player. Well, he's not being selfish at all right now in agreeing to move off his traditional spot, play a position, and I get that he's still taking a number of face-offs, so at times he's still kind of being the center on that line. But he's now moved to a more unfamiliar place with the idea that perhaps this could serve the whole team better. And I think what we've seen, Huss, is we've seen a rejuvenated Mark Shifley, who maybe now, you know, with a few less responsibilities that come with not being the centerman on that line and playing with two very good line mates, I think it's freed him up a little bit more. It's maybe taken a, a weight off his shoulders. But more important, Huss, than what it's done for Mark Shifley, to me, it's unlocked a few other things on this team now that I find really interesting. Um, you know, Vlad Nemestikov, who I continue to just think is a tremendous ad for this team because he's a bit of a Swiss Army knife, you know, and we've seen we've seen the value in this market with players like that. We kind of had it in Matthew Perot for a long time. We had it in Andrew Kopp. Now it feels like we have another guy here in Winnipeg who can do a little bit of everything can play defense, uh, can play offense, can play wing, can play center, can play on your fourth line, could play on your first line, uh, can play special teams. And that's Vlad Nemestikov. And he seems right at home up the middle, but he also seems to have some real chemistry with a rejuvenated Nikolai Ehlers and, dare I say, a very rejuvenated Blake Wheeler, who you talk about emptying the tank. I think, you know, Blake Wheeler kind of touched on this the other night after the game, that his tank was probably close to empty there was not much there he he was having trouble you know keeping up with the pace and I saw a Blake Wheeler the the last two games who's flying around the ice he looks like the Blake Wheeler of old rather than just the old Blake Wheeler and that line and now you've got Nino Niederreiter down on your third line with with Adam Lowry, which certainly adds some more offensive punch to a third line that does a lot of good things, but really hasn't had any finish. And you got a guy like Morgan Barron now down on the fourth line. And I think we all agree that there's Morgan Barron is a player who continues to do things to impress. I just feel like the Jets suddenly have um, a, a balance to their lines that, that makes them a lot tougher to play against. And, and really, the key, I guess, to getting that going was moving Mark Shifley to the wing. Who knew? Yeah, no, you're right. And just as far as the third line goes, I mean, I know, and listen, Lowry went through a brutal stretch of not scoring 
Um, but he certainly wasn't the only one on this hockey club. And if you look back to the way this team has played in the past three to four weeks, I mean, it's been that line that's basically scored the goals when they've won sure. games. I mean, Lowry's goal in the Nashville game to even it up that allowed them to even get to overtime to get the two points. And I mean, his goals against Arizona and uh, I believe the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, honestly, well, Shifley was nowhere to be found. Wheeler hadn't scored in forever. Kyle Connor was having real tough times. I mean, if the if the Lowry line doesn't play the way that they had and contribute when they did, we're not in the situation, that, or the Jets aren't in the situation that they are in right now, still having control of their own destiny. And, I mean, it, it was not going to happen if they didn't start to get more contributions from the top six. That was obvious. But I'll tell you what, I think they were already, and Lowry in particular leading the way out that line, was already doing the things and getting rewarded for it, unlike the previous couple months. And now you bring Nito Niederreiter on it, who's now at 24 goals on the season, uh, Mike. I mean, I would suggest going into this game, and again, sure, there's recency bias, and they just scored 12 goals on the weekend, but this this team at least 1-9 to nine looks about as uh, offensively potent as we've seen certainly since the first couple months of the season. And uh, like a lot of things, it couldn't have come a minute too soon because um, they really needed it. And I think they'll look to you know build off that momentum from uh, on all three lines, as well as what Morgan Barron's doing with the fourth line going into a game that um, is must win, can't lose, check, check, all of the above. Yeah, and I mean, another good development this weekend um is the power play. And I know they only got the one goal, and that was the sixth goal of the game against the Devils, but I don't think it can be understated how important that development was. Uh, Huss, I thought both Friday night and Sunday, up until they scored, they hadn't been rewarded on the power play, but I thought the power play actually looked a lot better. And it seems like, you know, the other development here, and this had nothing to do with Mark Scheifele moving to the wing, it just feels like Rick Bonus finally has the right personnel in place. I know they didn't have Josh Morrissey on Friday night because he had an illness and didn't play. Um, but the fact that Nikolai Ehlers is now on that top unit and he's with Shifley and Connor and Dubois. And then I think the second unit, and again, they didn't score the other night, but they scored right after that power play ended when Lowry you know, got the puck going the other way and, and Niederreiter cashes in after the Blake Wheeler shot and Vlad Nemesikov initially took the shot that Wheeler tipped. Like, I just think that second unit of, of Lowry, Wheeler, Nemestikov, Niederreiter, um, you know, there's some weapons there as well. But I, I think the top unit, there's there's a lot more motion now. The puck movement was a lot crisper. And to, to get that goal, albeit it didn't matter at the time because it made the score 6 nothing. To me, that's a big development, and maybe that can kind of be the proverbial dam that breaks now for the Jets' power play, that they now have some confidence to go with what I think is, is you know, some, some recent strong play that wasn't getting rewarded. And, you know, all of that would suggest that, uh, um, you know, things are starting to come together at, at, at the best possible time for the Jets. The key now with five games remaining is, is to not um, waste any of that to, to keep it going. Well, and you know what, I just, I kind of hit on this with Pauly uh, in the last segment, but, you know, for all the focus on the forwards, without Josh Morrissey, that defense core really stepped up on Friday night yeah. against Detroit, and I think built off that with the return of Morrissey, 
and I think Neil Pionk's at the top of that list. I mean, he's been a guy that has been much maligned. He's had some some low lows this year. Yeah. But for my money, he is looking far more confident, far more efficient, as Paul mentioned, just not turning the puck over like he was earlier on in the season. Dylan Sandberg has completely established himself in that lineup. And, you know, we saw Nate Schmidt. We saw Dylan DeMello get in there. Brendan Dillon going out. I mean... That's exactly what you need because you know this Calgary Flames team are going to bring it tomorrow night, um, and they're going to make the Winnipeg Jets earn every space of ice, and the Winnipeg Jets defensemen are going to need to be at their best to handle the physicality of Calgary, their forecheck, as well as move the puck efficiently out of their zone and let the guys up front do what they do best in the other end. Your point on Neil Pionk is, is a great one, and, you know, Again, we've asked him at various points this season, Huss, if he's battling an injury, and he's said that he's healthy. I don't totally buy that, uh, and maybe we'll find out more when the season ends. I mean, to be clear, Neil Pionk played through a lot of injuries last year as well that that nobody knew about at the time. Regardless of what was going on with Neil Pionk, whether he was you know battling some injury or just a lack of confidence or whatever it was, you're right. He's certainly... Uh, elevated his game here recently and what more I know you talk with Paulie a bit about Dylan Sandberg but every time I see Dylan Sandberg now I, I just continue to wonder how did they ever pull him out of this lineup this is a guy that you know when Josh Morrissey has now missed a couple games this year it's Sandberg who goes straight to that top pair and you know with Dylan DeMello and looks right at home and I, I just think we're seeing a, a real growth and development here from Sandberg that uh, has got to make the brain trust quite happy, um, you know, and, and he's really cementing his spot, not only in this lineup right now, but I think as a future, you know, potential pillar. Uh, no, he's not a top two or maybe even a top four guy if you're at your optimal lineup. But my goodness, I mean, Dylan Sandberg looks like he could be a, a rock-solid part of this defense core going forward, whether it's in a 5-6 role or, you know, occasionally moving up when guys are, are injured or whatever. Uh, and that's been a great development, unless, I guess, you're Logan Stanley and Kyle Capobianco, because, as you said, barring probably an injury at this point, I, I don't think you're, you're not touching the defense group. They look like they're finally playing the way, you know, Rick Bonus envisioned them playing together. Yeah, and as far as goaltending, I mean, Hellebuck was great yeah. on the weekend. Um, you know, just missed that shutout. Maybe that just makes him even more hungry <laughs> going into tomorrow night, if that's possible. He knows the stakes. Um, but on the other side of things, Markstrom's getting the start tonight. And certainly, you know, talking with some people in Calgary, the expectation is that they will run Markstrom back-to-back in these games. And Markstrom, the goaltending has really been one of the main issues for Calgary so far this year. Very interested to see what they get out of that team and Markstrom tonight and then what he maybe has left for the Winnipeg Jets when they drop the puck tomorrow here in the peg. Yeah, no no doubt uh, a lot of Winnipeggers will be hoping that uh, a good Winnipeg boy and Johnny Taze and his teammates can maybe help help the cause tonight. Uh, I don't like Chicago's chances <laughs> uh, in that sense. Um, but if you're the Jets, you at least hope that the Blackhawks make the Flames work for what they get tonight. And, of course, Calgary will have, you know, an overnight flight. And given the weather forecast, they might be flying into some less-than-ideal weather in the wee hours tonight. And, again, we've seen the Jets, you know, 
earlier in the year, it seemed like the schedule at times wasn't in Winnipeg's favor. They were the ones often playing the back-to-back against the rested opponent. Well, the schedule makers certainly did them a favor down the stretch here because tomorrow will be the third straight game where the Jets uh, will be facing an opponent who played the night before. And certainly what we saw against the Red Wings on Friday and the Devils on Sunday, the Jets jumped all over both those teams pretty early, got got an early goal, and were kind of off to the races. And so no doubt Winnipeg will be hoping uh, that they can make it three for three in that sense tomorrow. But yeah, interesting development. Uh, um, you know, the Flames, what they, they hadn't had a third period comeback all season until two games ago, and they've now done it in two straight games, uh, which again would suggest Huss, that they, just like the Jets, are aware of the situation, that they've upped their urgency as well. And that's why tomorrow, you know, has the potential to be real special because you're going to get two teams very desperate. It's not a one-game play-in, but it's going to feel a little like a one-game play-in in in a sense. Well, and Mike, what's your take on this? I mean, I've been scratching my brain trying to think of another regular season game in recent history that has the, the the magnitude of this one tomorrow. I mean, you can make an argument that it's highly likely that whoever wins this game tomorrow night between Winnipeg and Calgary is going to be a playoff team. And from a Jets perspective, organizationally with this team, the ups and downs of this season, um, I mean, there is just so much on the line, not to mention playoff revenue, whiteouts, getting the fan yeah. base back, as opposed to, being a team that was in first place in January and ended up not making the playoffs at the end of the year. I mean, can you think of a regular season game in the 2.0 era that has the oomph of what is on the line tomorrow night? Well, and then add in the fact, Huss, that, you know, here in Winnipeg, a lot of the talk has been about maybe a day of reckoning coming for this organization and the core and what might happen this summer. There's a lot of that chatter going on in Calgary. Now they obviously saw a huge turnover last year, last summer with Gaudreau and, and Kachuk moving on, but there's certainly a lot of talk about the future of their coach and Daryl Sutter, their GM and Brad Treliving. So you talk about a lot on the line, right? A a missed playoff for the flames um, would also be devastating in that market and in that organization. So chances are both the Jets and the Flames, that there's really not an avenue. I mean, I know statistically there is an avenue for them to both make the playoffs. The reality is only one of those teams is getting in. And it feels like the team that doesn't get in, I mean, change may be coming anyways in Winnipeg, regardless of whether they make the playoffs or not. Uh, but it certainly steps up the stakes in a big way. And so you're right. I, I can't think of a, a 2.0 game regular season variety that has you know, this much on the line. And when you look at Calgary's schedule after tomorrow, after they visit here, you know, they'll only have three games remaining. The Jets will have four. But you look at who Calgary plays in those last three and who Winnipeg plays in its last four, specifically the last two, if you're the Jets, you want to take care of business tomorrow because if it comes down to needing to go into Minnesota and Denver, or both, and having to win at least one, if not both, those games. And again, those teams may be playing for a lot next week. They, they may be still battling right down to the wire for first place in the Central. Heck, maybe first place in the conference. 
Uh, if you're the Jets, you want to handle your business here. The Jets right now, I, I don't know if you've mentioned this, Huss, but I believe the math checks out. Regardless of what anyone else does, if the Jets can just win their next three home games here, tomorrow night against Calgary, and if they win it clean, uh, Saturday against Nashville, and Monday against San Jose, they will clinch. Those last two road games will mean nothing, and it doesn't matter if Calgary and Nashville were to win out the rest of the way. Now, there's actually a formula where the Jets could actually clinch as early as Saturday if Nashville and Calgary were to both lose tonight and then the Jets were to win the next two games clean. Uh, but my point being, if you're the Jets, you want to take care of business here on home ice. You don't want to leave it up to uh, those final two games and and having to go in and and win in tough buildings with your season on the line. No doubt about that. Mike McIntyre, the free press with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, obviously, one of the big topics around the rink today was the uh, was the Pride game. And, I mean, to be honest, I'm still somewhat shocked that this has like been an issue the way it has been around the league because it has not been. These are not new events. This is something that's happened year over year before. But I think there was some questions as to you know, with what's happened elsewhere in the league, would teams be dealing with this? And um, you can tell us what you heard from the players. We're going to hear from them in a minute. All I can say is that the announcement that everyone was all in on this was great on a number of levels. But first and foremost for the game, um, to not be, to not have all the media talking about one guy that wasn't, you know, doing it while everyone else was and taking maybe some of the attention on, first of all, the inclusionary message that hockey's for everyone and everyone's welcome at the rink, but also taking away from what people really should be focusing on tomorrow, and that's the biggest game in forever for this hockey club as opposed to anyone's personal beliefs. Um, what did you hear from the team today, and, and how important do you think it is just that they seem to be all on the same page and um, there's no questions about whether guys are going to do their own thing. They're doing this as a team. Yeah, I mean, I heard all the right things today, Haas, and I think it was a very welcome development for a number of reasons. In fact, I'm, I'm writing my column today on this, that you have to tip your cap to the Jets um, for not making this a controversy the way some other teams have, whether it was individual players or just teams themselves that, that opted to opt out of certain parts of the, of the Pride Night uh, activities. Um, you know, and, and I think it should be noted, Huss, the Jets have a Russian player on their team, Vladislav Nemesnikov. He's going to wear the pride jersey tomorrow night. They have several very religious Christian players on the team. Mark Shifley's right at the top of that list. You've probably heard it in many of his, his comments. Just the other day, he was talking about God's plan in terms of, you know, some of his struggles on the ice. He, he's very deeply rooted in his Christian beliefs, not unlike, you know, the stalls and the rhymers of the world. He's going to be wearing the pride jersey tomorrow. Um, so kudos to the Jets and the whole organization for getting this right, for striking the right, you know, notes with what they said today, and more importantly, with what they're going to do tomorrow. Um, you know, I think for a lot of reasons, this is a very important event. And in, in, in a lot of ways, it's become even more magnified now because of some of the controversies around the league. So it was actually refreshing to see. And I think for those who kind of, you know, followed this organization for a while, I, I must say I wasn't surprised to hear that they, they kind of 
uh, are, are doing the right thing because I think that's a very important thing to them to make sure they get this right. And they're going to do it right uh, tomorrow night. And whatever beliefs players might have, if, if they differ from you know each other, they're going to they're going to put that aside. They're going to be united as a team tomorrow, and they're going to make a, a real positive statement in this community, and I dare say to the whole league. Well, and, and you know what, Mike, and I mean, this is just my personal opinion. I mean, I think we all have to, you know, in today's social media world, I mean, it is so uh, reactionary and um, people are going to have to accept that there are some people that don't feel or think the same way that them in, in reality. And it, what has disappointed me about this is so much has been made of a handful of players that haven't gone around it while a lot of really good work is being done. But I am quite happy that that's not an issue tomorrow and the focus is going to be on everything that this night is supposed to be about and most importantly, the main event, which is a uh, hockey game that um, the entire league is going to be watching, especially those teams in the Western Conference. Hey, before we go, um, you had a great piece in the Freep today. This is getting away from hockey, but a big, big weekend for our Canadian golfers and, of course, our pal Derek Ingram was down at Augusta today working with uh, Corey Connors coming off his second PGA Tour win at a place where he has done very, very well over the past three years. He sure has. You know, it, it's funny in the Jets locker room today, just as we were getting ready to, to start interviews, uh, Nate Schmidt uh, came in and scribbled on the whiteboard uh, that there would be a 12-15 uh, a draft uh, going on amongst the players. So I, I said to Nate Schmidt, um, is that a master's draft? And he kind of smirked. And so I said, uh, you got to take Corey Connors, eh? And he's like, oh, yeah? I said, oh, I said, yeah, I just talked to his coach yesterday, coming off the win. He's been progressively getting closer and closer the last three years of the master's, three top tens. Uh, this is his week. And Nate, Nate's like, okay, thanks, appreciate it. Like, like the, the, the hot insider tip. So I'll have to follow up with Nate Schmidt to see if he uh, if he drafted Corey Connors in the uh, team uh, Masters draft. But uh, yeah, what a great you know the state of golf, professional golf right now in this country. Of course, Brooke Henderson and what she's done on the women's side, you know, making history, and now the state of the men's game to have five men's players, Huss. Currently in, I believe it's the top 65 right now in the world golf rankings, which has never been done before. You've already had three three different Canadians win on tour. Uh, and I think it's just such a neat story that here you've got, you know, a guy that is so popular here in Winnipeg and just a great all-around human in, in DI, Derek Ingram. Um, you know, he's the personal coach of one of the best golfers on the planet in Corey Connors, who I think has now moved into... 25th or something like that in the world golf rankings and you know very well could be there competing on the weekend for a green jacket wouldn't that be something you know the 20th anniversary of mike weir doing it uh, to have another canadian on that big stage and certainly uh, from everything di told me yesterday and what i saw with my own eyes watching you know on tv this past weekend Corey connor's uh, his game is coming along very nicely he's got momentum on his side and uh I know I'll be rooting for him, as I suspect a lot of Canadian golf fans will be as well. Well, it's funny you say that. Corey Connors' game's coming together. My prognostication game is coming I, together. 25-1 to 1 ticket on Corey last week, and I had one Masters wager 
from football season at some point. I don't know what happened, but I was looking in the open tickets and a 60 to one Corey Connors at the Masters is sitting there. So I can only hope to uh, to make the for Corey to make some history and uh, to be the beneficiary of it. And just quickly, you mentioned all those Canadians in that top 65 and four of them are going to be teeing it up. Mike Weir, of course, a former champion, Mac Hughes and Adam Svensson, both in the event as well. Um, our pal Ryan Hart, a Winnipeg native who has worked with the PGA Tour before, was the uh, you know put on the Players' Championship at one point, is now the executive director of the President's Cup. And, you know, with a number of live defections from players that would be key guys on that international team, um, we could be seeing a number of Canadians tee it up in at Royal Montreal in September um, with another great Winnipeg connection for uh, what will be an amazing event. I'm definitely going to try and get out there for that. I was going to say, Haas, I saw Ryan uh, extended the welcome, Matt, the invitation to you, and uh, I got to I gotta work on the powers that be at the free yes. press, weasel my way into that as well. Of course, I, I, I was at the RBC uh, Canadian Open last, last year. I had been following Aaron Cockrell around, of course, had spent that week in Germany, with Aaron on the DP World Tour, and then followed him to Toronto as he made um, as he made his uh, PGA Tour debut. Another good Canadian golfer and, and Manitoba's top pro, Aaron Cockrell, who's off to a nice season, and another Derek Ingram protege. Um, and uh, you know, it's just it's great for golf in this country. I think we saw. I mean, I know you're a big golf guy, both as a, as an observer and a player. I am too, Hus. And I think we saw COVID. You know golf kind of made a bit of a renaissance at least in terms of players and interest and i i for one love it and uh, i love to see canadians doing well on on the big stages so yeah it's uh, it's a great development and nice to see some um, winnipeggers and some manitobans kind of right in the mix uh, it's a good look it's a good look for us for sure hey don't forget to get in our winnipeg sports talk masters pool i hey, think um, remus is firing out invites we've got some passes for breezy ben we've got a nice little package from eric at TaylorMade for our winners so um it's going to be fun it's completely free if you're listening to the program get to winnipegsportstalk.com with the link or go into just the description of today's YouTube channel. The link's right there. And make sure you get that in before Thursday. Well, we'll worry about tee-off at the Masters on Thursday. Tomorrow, it's all about the Jets and Flames. Mike, I know you'll have uh, a ton of content leading into the game and post-game in the Winnipeg Free Press. Thanks for doing this. Get a good sleep. It's a big one tomorrow in downtown Winnipeg. Yeah, let's hope Mother Nature uh, uh, cooperates as well. Hus, let me get one one of these in just to... There, just just to get ready for tomorrow night, little glass bang in action just to, to get the crowd revved up. Mike McIntyre with his best Dylan Slamberg ep, uh, invitation and impersonation on the YouTube show. Mike, thanks for doing this, pal. Have a great one. You bet. Take care. Good stuff. There's Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. Um, we're going to get to Rick Bonus and some of the comments from the Winnipeg Jets in just a minute. Um, Next week, and I'm definitely hoping the Winnipeg Jets can do exactly what Mike McIntyre said the scenario is. Win these next three games at home and then prepare and not have to win those two games on the road. I'm actually going to be hitting the road to the Princess Auto Players Championship, one of the biggest Grand Slam events of the year out in Toronto, doing a couple shows from there. Of course, Princess Auto, massive sponsor of curling from coast to coast. 
as well as Team Reed Carruthers and Team Jennifer Jones right here in Manitoba. Princess Auto is also where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. You can pop by and see them in-store on Panet Road or Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. All right, uh, our friends at Consolidated Supply are looking forward to welcoming in Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners, customers, friends, and the like coming up on April 20th. Joe and the guys have a big, big event there, 2 to 8 p.m. at Consolidated Supply. We'll come down, see their beautiful new showroom. They're going to have a food truck, refreshments, uh, raffle prize, a few sales specials on some different products as well. Remo and I are going to be definitely popping down. Might even see if we can bang a show off there or at least have someone on location. But 2 to 8 p.m. on April 20th. Pop down and see him. 1395 Niagara Road East. And if you do get there, golf season's, of course, starting right now. And one of the things that Consolidated Supply has, a great selection of both new and used golf carts. So whether you've got a spot where you can utilize a golf cart maybe on your cottage lot throughout the year that might be help out, uh, might have a need one for something, you know, as far as commercial, like on your on your property, it could help out. Best prices and best selection as a consolidated supplier. Pal Gino is busy right now getting rid of your golf season, but they could always be a little busier. Um, and a great time to go check them out might be on April 20th when we're down there. Consolidated Supply. Find out more CTE.ca and you can uh, check them out in person at 1395 Niaqua Road East. Uh, Royal Sports, folks, is of course Manitoba's number one sports superstore with the biggest and best selection of licensed team gear featuring the Winnipeg Jets, thousands of Jets gear, uh, pieces of Jets gear, bomber merchandise, NHL, NFL, and tons of new Blue Jays and Major League Baseball gear just in time for the start of the season. And with spring just around the corner, stocks arriving daily, so get ready for your soccer equipment, baseball, softball, tennis, any huge selections of bikes coming in by the day. Pop by and see them at 750 Pemina Highway. You can always follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina. Uh, hopefully that building will be full tomorrow downtown for the Jets and Flames. If you're not able to get to the game, you know the next best place to gather with your friends and watch the Winnipeg Jets is your local Boston pizza. Pick a player contest at most local stores. The big game on the big screen, always with big sound. And you'll be able to enjoy ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the Boston Pizza feature menu. And with this storm coming in, if you are staying in, you can always order online over at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's get Michael Remus back in here. We're going to hear from Bones and Josh Morrissey in a minute. Uh, but, man, I'm even more fired up for this game tomorrow after talking to Mike and Paul. It really does feel like... Um, it feels like a playoff game, Reem. I'm not sure there's any other way we can put it. Biggest game of the year. <laughs> right Biggest us? regular season game ever in 2.0? Let's just hype it up more <laughs> as much as we can. Playoff-like atmosphere. Uh, and that was the questions to Josh Morrissey and Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus, uh, we'll play him shortly, saying that it was um, basically a game seven. And, uh, you know, Josh Morrissey talking about, you know, playing among Big games, so I mean, it has that big game feeling. Uh, the schedule gods 
helping out the Jets by having them play Nashville and Calgary, two teams chasing them in the final week, but also having them play this long homestand too and going up against teams who are on back-to-backs. Yeah, well, they'll uh, they'll take it. They've had their fair share of being on the other end throughout the season, and uh, now it's time to take advantage of that schedule. Calgary playing tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll be paying attention to that. And, of course, Winnipeg Ice fans will be tuned in to see what happens with the ice as they look to take a 3 nothing stranglehold on their, lead, on their uh, series with the uh, eight-seed Medicine Hat Tigers tonight on the road. Um, but let's get back to the Winnipeg Jets because there was lots to discuss today. There was the heard the announcement that the entire Winnipeg Jets team would be participating. No holdouts um, for the pride uh, portion of the night, which is wearing the warm-up jersey that the team's providing. Um, and Bones started off today talking about the importance of the team being a team and having everyone being all in on uh, the Pride Night. Well, it was very important, and I'm glad to hear that. Um, listen, we all love the game. It's the greatest sport there is, and the, the more inclusive we can make it for everyone, then the you know get more more kids playing, more people playing, more fans watching. The more inclusive we can make it, the better off. It's, again, it's a great it's a great opportunity to grow the game, keep growing our game. That's the most important thing. All right, we are uh, back. There's uh, Bones on, uh, you know, the importance of everyone being in. And again, this message is, um, I mean, it's that everyone's welcome at the at these games. And I think definitely from a coaching perspective, the last thing you'd want to be dealing with um, is everything that's happened in the few other markets where some players have sort of opted out and everything that comes with that um, team all in on this and uh, all in for the biggest game of the year. Um, Bones also talked about the the matchup and the task at hand and tomorrow's opponent, the Calgary Flames. Just from watching their last couple of games a lot closer, obviously. Uh, they're playing really well. They're, you know, they came back, I think their last two games, they came back in the third period against Vancouver and Anaheim the other night. Uh, Toffoli's playing great for them. We're getting the big save and they're they're playing as well now as they have all year. Gray has been getting the results as of late. They had to work a little uh, extra, uh, well, in big third period comebacks against Vancouver and in their last game out against the Anaheim Ducks. Um, but again, it's head-to-head tomorrow night. No excuses. Calgary at Winnipeg. And uh, the team that wins that will have a uh, real upper hand when it comes to locking down that final spot. Uh, Bones talked about the importance of tomorrow and said tomorrow in a lot of ways is like a game seven. Tomorrow night is probably going to be like a game seven for both teams. Uh, I think that's the importance of the game for both teams. It doesn't win or lose. You're not you're not eliminated uh, for sure. There's still four games to go, three three for them, four for us after. But that's the mentality both teams will probably have going into the game. Like we've what we've done the last couple of games is we we know they played the night before, and we've taken a very aggressive mindset out into the ice right off the bat, and that's our plan for tomorrow. It would keep attacking and keep playing the pressure game that we're good at, and and go after them. Do you build it as a, a playoff-like game? Do you challenge them as if it's a game? Players know. They, they know the importance of the game. Again, they're men. They're professionals. They understand where we are. Um, but we talked. We did talk this morning about the importance of continuing the starts we've had and being aggressive. We're going to have an aggressive mindset tomorrow night, and uh, that's how we've been, you know, successful the last couple of games. Um, and we're not going to change. 
Uh, the aggressive mindset that's helped them in the last couple of games. Um, Bones looking to get that out of his team again tomorrow, of course, with the Flames playing tonight at home against the Blackhawks and then having to come in in a whiteout late night to uh, get ready for this big game tomorrow. Um, Bones expanded a little bit more on their play from the weekend and trying to get that moving forward into uh, this game with uh, such huge implications tomorrow night. Finally showing... You know, you look at a couple of those goals the other night. They were hard-working goals. Our first goal was a perfect example of a hard-working goal, and we got it. So in the last couple of weeks, we've been showing a lot of hard work, creating chances that didn't go in. So we're kind of showing the same clips uh, from the coaching staff to that we were trying to be very positive throughout that stretch where we weren't scoring. The same clips, the same hard work, the difference is the puck is going in the net right now. Um, so we haven't changed anything really, and it's just the puck is going in. But it's a lot, a lot more fun for all of us to show showing the end result, uh, taking care of the process to make that result happen and the puck going in the net. So, yeah. Yeah, quite the understatement from Bones. <laughs> a lot more fun for all of us and a lot more fun for all parties involved. The team, the players, the organization, and certainly the fans of the Winnipeg Jets that enjoyed those two games at home ice and hope to have uh, good things happen in threes and another big win tomorrow night. Um, a big part of that win in the offensive explosion was the new look lines. Shifley moving to the wing with Dubois and Kyle Connor. Blake Wheeler rejuvenated playing with Nikolai Ehlers and Vlad Nemetsnikov and Nico Nino Niederreiter really fitting in on the Adam Lowry line. Uh, Bones just um, gave his thoughts on the new look lines and what he got out of them on the weekend heading into tomorrow. It's a good question because, again, as like I said, we really haven't changed anything. We changed the formation of the lines. We haven't changed the way we play. They're they're just feeling more comfortable now that you know they're they're getting they're getting results for their hard work. So you, you give the lines a different look and they score goals, and that's the that was the object of it. Okay, we got to change something here to see if we can get that puck go in the net. And it, again, it wasn't that we weren't creating the chances. There was just no finish. So we changed the lines up a little bit just to give it a different look, and uh, and you know now the puck is going in. So as long as that keeps going, we'll keep going the way. We're going. <laughs> Bones pretty happy with the way his lines looked on the weekend. Uh, obviously, with the, a dozen goals after it had been so tough to come by anything offensively heading into those games. Uh, one change for tomorrow's game, and it's going to happen on the fourth line. Carson Kuhlman was in on the weekend. Saku Menelainen's coming back in on the right side of the fourth line. Bones talked about uh, that tweak to his lineup. Looks like, based on the line figuration, say Saku probably comes back in tomorrow. Yeah, he's Is it just um, a size thing with Calgary heavier game. That and he, he's been one of our top four penalty killers all year. It's been Apple and Lau, and he he goes back with Kevin. And the pen, the penalty kill has been victimized by a couple of fluky goals, but we've been giving up more than we had all year. So we want to get Saku back in to put to put it back in that top four penalty killing. All right, so uh, Saku getting a bit of a uh, nod from the coach on uh, the work he's done on the PK so far this year. One more from Bones, and then we'll hear from Josh Morrissey. Bones talked about just the schedule and how it's lining up to play Calgary this week, uh, tomorrow night, and then, of course, the other team chasing the Nashville Predators on Saturday night. Yeah, it's night and Saturday, so I'll take one game at a time. Yeah, um, yeah, like... 
we've been saying for a while we're in control of our own destiny. Well, tomorrow night's game is a perfect example. Calgary's saying the same thing. Right, they are. So, you know, they're playing Chicago tonight, and, and the chances might be pretty good. They're coming in tomorrow night with the same amount of points we have. We'll have an extra game in plan. But, yeah, it's worked out pretty well. Well, the, uh, you were certainly getting the drama of these games. And as uh, Michael pointed out earlier, the Jets have taken advantage of a couple teams playing the night before they've come to Winnipeg. And we'll hope that continues tomorrow night. Let's hear from Josh Morrissey. Um, obviously one of the main leaders of this hockey team and a guy that I believe has been the uh, um, hockey is for uh, for everyone ambassador for the club over the last couple of years. I know Jacob Truba had that role when he was with the club beforehand. Um, Josh talked about, uh, you know, the entire team going forward with Pride Night where it hasn't really gone that way in some other spots in the NHL. Yeah, I think it was uh, discussed uh within the, the organization and uh you know uh, we're in favor of wearing the, the jerseys and um going forward with the, the pride night and um i think it's something that um we had those discussions as we talked about sort of three four weeks ago and um you know we're on board to to uh, you know celebrate tomorrow night all right so there's josh morrissey on that and uh, morrissey did expand a little bit more on um you know the team and all players wearing the jerseys in warm-up and uh, why he is in uh, support of it and believes it's important. Yeah, it's great. I mean, um, you know, I think it's uh, nice to, to have that unity within the locker room and organization in terms of, uh, you know, wanting to support, uh, um, you know, hockey is for everyone and, and the Pride Night tomorrow. So, um, yeah, it was great. Why do you support it, Josh? Uh, personally, I just... Uh, I feel obviously that um, uh, people in, in the community and, and whatnot through through Pride and the, the initiatives uh, and people that are supported by our, our Pride Night, um, you know, deserve to to be recognized and be supported. And um, you know, I truly believe hockey's for everybody, and um, you know, everybody should uh, you know feel comfortable coming to the rink, uh, being a spectator, a player, um, you know, fan, anything like that, and. I think it's bigger than, you know, bigger than anything, um, you know, small. And uh, I, ju I just feel strongly about supporting it and believing that everyone should be, um, you know, supported in what they do. Uh, great stuff from Josh Morrissey. You know what? I was just listening to that comment from Morrissey, and it got me thinking about this is a great thing that this game is tomorrow night um, and the way that the Winnipeg Jets organization has handled it and the way the players have handled it. Tomorrow is a night that we need every Jet fan to come together, regardless of race, creed, color, uh, color, sexual orientation, and be there like the fans were on Friday and Sunday night for the biggest game of the year. And uh, I love the fact that there'll be no distractions, and I think that we're going to get hopefully a full building of people from all walks of life, including some ones that maybe haven't been to games before seeing the game of the year with so much on the line. So kudos to the Jets and Josh Morrissey for what he had to say on that. Um, JMO did, though, get into, I mean, it's great talking about the warm-up jerseys and everything around the game. The, the puck drops tomorrow on a game that, as Rick Bonus said, is going to feel like game seven. Here's what Morrissey had to say about this challenge with the Flames coming in hot. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, we know how big tomorrow is, but, um, you know, um, 
each game right now, each point is, is huge. And for us to come out and play like that over the weekend, uh, you know, it puts us in a, a better spot than certainly if we didn't um, play well. So um, we'll see, obviously, watching Calgary tonight and uh, can't control what other teams do. But, um, you know, we're just trying to take it a game at a time. And thought we built a lot of momentum over the weekend. <laughs> great, uh, great comment in chat from T. Kona Holly. Uh, hockey is for everyone except the Flames. Well, hopefully playoff hockey is not for everyone, and that's the Calgary Flames, but hockey is for everyone. Let's uh, fill that place tomorrow night and get a great, great atmosphere for us. Such a, such a massive game. Uh, Morrissey talked about how he personally approaches uh, a monster game like the one his team will be playing in. I mean, everyone goes about dealing with big games differently, but um, personally, uh you know it's fun it's fun to play meaningful games this time of year um you know a year ago we were kind of counting the days till the season was over so um you know although you'd like to be sort of uh, have that cushion into the playoffs and um these games not maybe mean as much um uh, these are fun these are these are the big ones and um you know it's certainly it's an exciting time as a player and it's i feel like we have that energy in our locker room right now the way we're playing and um, sort of that, that mojo as a team that, um, you know, I think we had for a lot of the season. So, yeah, it's, it's a fun time of year to be playing uh, important games. All right, a little bit more from Josh Morrissey, uh, Jets uh, associate captain. Um, it was pointed out that the Jets did a great job of taking advantage of teams that have played the night before in the two games on the weekend. They'll get that same chance tomorrow. Here's uh, Morrissey on taking advantage of this portion of the schedule. Yeah, that's the way it works in NHL. I mean, um, every team goes through tough schedules, lots of time on the road and um, not a lot of days off. So, you know, I think this time of year it's it's huge to have a little bit extra rest and, um, you know, the ability to refocus. And, um, you know, each one of these games kind of feels like a playoff game for us, uh, really is for us in terms of trying to get in. So, um, you know, the little extra rest, uh, sleeping at home and everything else makes a big difference. Josh Morrissey on the schedule, and one more. Uh, just the uh, Morrissey on, I, I would imagine, the level of first and foremost relief on part of so many players who um, finally got off extended skids and scored. And going into tomorrow's game, having scored a dozen in the last two and having the puck finally seem to be going in for the Winnipeg Jets after uh, it was uh, some tough sledding in the scoring department heading into this homestand. You know, maybe just that little extra effort, a um, little bit, um, you know, more execution, maybe a little bit more energy with some rest here, um, you know, just helps to be a little bit sharper sometimes. But um, sometimes you just need a couple to go in. Um, you know, as you said, I thought we've been generating, um, you know, a lot of, a lot more chances than maybe what we've been producing. And um, you get, a, get a couple guys uh, find the back of the net, I think, um, you know, takes a, a lot of pressure off them, but also sort of the whole group, you know, kind of um, the ecosystem sort of back to normal, if you will. So, um, yeah, it's it's the way it goes sometimes, and you have to fight through those things. But, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're feeling good now. You see the guys feeling it with the puck up front, and, um, you know, I think that makes us a scary team. What a uh, what, what a different atmosphere around this team, uh, what, and what a difference a couple wins make and a few goals for key players, as we saw over the course of the weekend. Well, we're going to be all over this one tomorrow. Uh, we'll have Murata Tesh join us. Pat Steinberg in Calgary is going to fill us in on 
how the Flames are looking coming in tomorrow's, into tomorrow's game after this game tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. So it is going to be fun. Hey, t- we're all thinking about tomorrow night, but don't forget the Masters begins on Thursday. A free Winnipeg Sports Talk Masters pool has been created. If you're listening on the podcast, go to winnipegsportstalk.com. There's a link right up at the top of the page. And if you're with us in chat, maybe you want to just throw it into the chat if you haven't already. But in the description, if you're watching this afterwards, click on the description. You'll see that pool. Uh, We've got some passes with cards to golf at beautiful Breezy Bend this year, as well as our pal Eric Johnson from TaylorMade is going to um, give us a few little tailor-made items to uh, to add to the prize as well. Um, so make sure you get your entry in before they tee off on Thursday morning. Of course, it's great to have Breezy Ben back with us. What a perfect day to have them back, or a week to have them back with Masters Week here. Um, and Breezy Ben's one of Manitoba's top private clubs with the championship course, top-notch practice facilities, and the best 19th hole around on their beautiful course side patio. With great men's, ladies, and junior programs, awesome social nights, Breezy Bend is the perfect long-term golfing home for you and your family. Find out more at breezybend.ca or call our pal Corey Johnson for more information about coming uh, becoming a member. And uh, tell you what, things are uh, getting busy at Aikens Lake this summer. We're so happy to have Pitt and the gang back on board with us. It's been the highlight of my summer the last few years getting out to Aikens Lake, and it can be for you as well. They're over 82% booked for this year, but there still is room for friends and families trips and also amazing corporate outings. Uh, you can reward your top customers or organize a very unique team-building experience at the one and only Aikens Lake. And it's such a great way to maybe move back towards getting together in person as opposed to years of Zoom calls and remote meetings. And if you are listening to this, a university student thinking about what you're going to be doing for the summer, how does the summer in paradise sound? They are still looking for a few team members, both guides and servers, to round out the 2023 team at Aikens Lake. It really is the perfect summer job to earn and save money for university students so you can get back in the fall and be in a great financial position while having a few incredible months out with a great team at Aikens Lake. If you want, if you're interested in more, send a resume in to pit at AikensLake.com. And I got to give a big shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug. We're already counting down the days until our next sports trivia night shout out to the Niners and the sports rabbis who were uh, co-champions last week the other great thing about being down at little brown jug was trying that new generic lager generic lager your basic lager just better impressively standard in the best way light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and crisp finish now manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with a light beer. It's available in eight packs or by the can, through the tap room or through vendors, and will be available at Manitoba Liquor Marts very, very soon. Um, all right, Ruma, let's get to uh, let's get a little Masters update on these lines and look at a busy, busy night in the National Hockey League. Again, if you're looking for picks, Dusty and I have a new episode of The Lock Shop up that we did before Winnipeg Sports Talk. Head on over to the YouTube channel at Lock Shop Bets to check that out or subscribe wherever you get your Winnipeg Sports Talk podcast by searching The Lock Shop. We've got a very busy night in the National Hockey League. 
Ottawa at Carolina. Kane's a big minus 265 favorite. Buffalo at Florida. Maybe we'll look at the standings after this, but a game the Florida Panthers just simply have to have. Panthers are minus 195 faves. The Wings minus 124 favorites on the road in Montreal. Another huge game in that Eastern wildcard race, the Pittsburgh Penguins plus 138 underdogs against the New Jersey Devils, who are back home after finishing up their roadie here in Winnipeg on Sunday night. Uh, a, a brand new goalie named Jet is making his, I believe, NHL debut for the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Leafs are just about a minus 400 favorite in this one. Vegas and the Nashville Predators playing in Music City. Jet fans will be uh, the very strange feeling of cheering for the Vegas Golden Knights. Knights are minus 145 favorites. Philly and St. Louis. St. Louis minus 129. And then the game that we'll all be paying attention to, Chicago at the Calgary Flames. 8 o'clock puck drop or just there afterwards. And listen, the Blackhawks have been getting killed night in and night out. Well, they're very due for a win. I'm not sure whether it comes tonight, but uh, Calgary's a minus 417 favorite on the money line in this one. Um, Kraken at Canucks. Kraken put up a snowman last night on the Arizona Coyotes. They're playing back-to-back. I actually like the Canucks in this game as a slight home dog at minus 105. Uh, Edmonton at L.A. Edmonton favored on the road at minus 140, and that Kings number was plus 107 earlier today. It's now gone off to plus 119. And one final game on the docket tonight, the Colorado Avalanche and the San Jose Sharks at minus 227. Now, if you look over at the Cool Bet exclusives, uh, we've got one in for tonight um, with the uh, from the lock shop with over three and a half goals with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, we've got the Vancouver Canucks to win. And the Calgary Flames, minus one and a half. So you can find that over in the Cool Bet exclusives. I believe it should be up by now. And um, you can get on that. And we've also got a bunch of Masters exclusives right now available. I've got one. Ride with Huss, 15 to 1. Tony Finau, Rory McIlroy, top 10. And Min Woo Lee in the top 20. But tomorrow, <coughs> excuse me, tomorrow is the big Lock Shop Masters show. So join us at noon tomorrow before Winnipeg Sports Talk for all the picks. You said to get that cough out there, folks. Uh, as far as Blue Jays today, they're back at the K against the Kansas City Royals after losing last night. Remo, you know who's on the hill? My guy Kikuchi, first start of the year. Jays minus 167 favorites got to get going in uh, the win column after that crazy opening day win. They lost three in a row, but usually Kauffman Stadium is a good place to break a losing streak. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens uh, What happens there with uh, Bays and Royals. Uh, yep. You know, That's sorry, okay. I, am I muted here? No, I'm not. My, but my buttons stopped working today. I did an update, and it screwed my buttons. I'm all out of sorts here for the last... Uh, Oh, I'm going to have to do some button maintenance or something like that. I got to do some stuff after. Yeah, don't do. That's why I don't do any updates because it just messes up all my settings. And <laughs> they ask you every time. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll do an update. You keep asking me and you do it and it screws, screws up everything. So that's my uh, computer tip for everyone out there. 
Um, you know what? I see someone saying the odds that a live player wins. It's funny that you say exactly that because there are a ton of, uh, of, of, you know, interesting, just as far as the favorites go eight to one on Rory and Scotty Scheffler, 10 to one on Rom, 20 to one on Cantley and Spieth, 25 to one on Tony Finau and Justin Thomas, Jason Day at 28, DJ and Xander Shoffley at 30. But yes, there are some interesting live-based um, uh, props as well in this event. I'm just trying to look right now down there. We've got the amateur, former winner, top Canadian, top Aussies. Oh, yeah, here we are in the props. Um, number of players at par. I have to see that. There were some live ones a little earlier today. I guarantee you they'll be there later on unless they were taken off the board, maybe with some guys being in or out of the tournament. All you need to know is that Kubet has some of the best lines on this golf tournament, which gets going on Thursday. Make sure you're entered in the Winnipeg Sports Talk free contest with the link in the description or at winnipegsportstalk.com, and you DraftKings players. We do have still room in our $3 contest. It's the biggest one of the year for the Masters. Max 100, so uh, make sure you reserve your spot before we get going. And, uh, hey, you can check it all up over at CoolBet.com. If you haven't played there before, use the promo code WST. And even for regular players, they do have a promo right now. If you make a $30 deposit, you get a free $15 bet on the Masters. So uh, you can check that in the CoolBet promotions. Um it's going to be a weird night tonight, Remo. I guess I'm going to pay attention to this Calgary-Chicago game. Probably watch a little baseball. But honestly, I just want to like fast forward, unfortunately, through this snow to uh, to tomorrow's show and then tomorrow night's hockey game. It's uh, pretty much all I think most Jet fans are thinking about right now. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we got this 8, was it 8 o'clock? Calgary and Chicago? Mad, I mean... That's got to be real tough for Calgary House, playing a game 8 o'clock local time. That's 9 p.m. here, and then having to play a 6.30 start tomorrow? That's like just un- that's under 24 hours between puck Don't drops. even bother showing up, Flames. Is Don't that even available? Bother showing up. No. <laughs> is that allowed within the CBA? Or is yeah, that 22 CBA? hours. 22 hours is the difference. You can, uh, you can have a team. So um, Crazy. The Jets really, the schedule, I mean, the schedule makers really putting the Jets in an advantage. We got a guy tweeting us that he's like almost concerned that it's too unfair to the other teams coming in here, that the Jets, the well, Jets have anyone, had. Was anyone complaining for the Jets when they were playing on the back-to-backs earlier this season against rested teams? No, I mean, it happens. Just like Josh Morrissey said, you have to take advantages of the spot. It, it's just fortunate the Jets are getting this right now when they needed it. Of course, Two months ago, no one thought that they'd need this game this badly, but here we are. Time to get the job done and keep this mojo going on home ice after those two big wins. Go back to the Kenny and Rennie chat um, after the loss to San Jose. I said, homestand coming up. They're winning five in a row. And and I said said they were winning both games on Friday, and I was right. I don't think they're going to win five in a row, but hey, I think I think it's certainly possible. We know that they're capable of it, and if they found their game and a little luck with the schedule makers giving them a slight advantage, we'll see how it goes. I'll be tuned into that Calgary. If they Chicago win tomorrow game. night, they can win five in a row. And as Mike laid mm-hmm. out, that is the best possible scenario for the Winnipeg Jets because then they would you know wouldn't have as much on their shoulders with two very tough games to end the season 
with the Minnesota Wild and the Colorado Avalanche on the road. And both of those teams right now, there's two points separating the top three teams in the Central. So there's a lot of jockeying right now, and those are not going to be gimme games. Um, so take care of business at home right now, and don't worry about it. All about that game tomorrow night against the Calgary Flames. Um, we are going to be, uh, well, we're going to have lots for you tomorrow on the show. Steinberg on the Flames. Murata Tesh on the Winnipeg Jets. We'll have the latest from the dressing room from the morning skate from Rick Bonus and any other players that talk. And we'll have one final Masters segment with WST fan favorite Jeff Feinberg. He'll join us tomorrow to give his thoughts. We'll check out the weather, too. That's one thing for the Masters you might want to think about just with pools and whatnot. They've had two inches of rain heading into the tournament. Apparently, it's going to be cold and a couple other, a couple more inches on the weekend. So... You need guys that are going to be able to deal with cold and rain, which is not something you normally associate with Augusta, but that's the way things look like. And the guys that hit it long might be even at a bigger advantage. So something to think about when you're making your pool. Again, make sure to get in that free Masters contest. Um, uh, make sure you get into that free Masters contest, which is up right now. It's an office pools link. Very, very simple, completely free. And uh, we'll get some... Uh, Hopefully get a great, great crew. And uh, Remo, I guess we're going to put in a special group too with yes. some of our uh, regular guests and media friends in a bit of a uh, a subgroup where you know, obviously they'll all be in, but we'll be able to kind of see who amongst the likes of Ken, Mike, Brandon for sure, uh, and how their team's looking. Yeah, well, I've already seen trash talk in chat. People want to win that round at Breezy Bend, but I've already seen a number signed. I think we've got 150 entries, which is wild. Nice. Uh, Andrew Collier, Goldeyes, GM's in, Ken's in, you're in, I have to do mine. Drew Mandel from Illegal Curve uh, is in. Eric Johnson, who we had on yesterday, is in. Oh, I see Pitt from Aikens Lake. Beautiful. He's in. Uh, I see a number of uh, frequent listeners and viewers than people who play the DraftKings contest. So I think this is going to be fun. We hope to do, I think, more stuff like this, maybe for playoffs. Uh, we could do something, I think, you know, a nice community uh, fun thing to do. And, you know, I don't know why it's taking this long, but you said we got prizes here. Let's find a way to do it. And I said, yes, I like yeah. setting up pools. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you for doing that. And I'll tell you what. We'll see. Um, I would. Well, we should definitely do uh, a playoff draft where everyone, you know, kind of a box pool or whatever the easiest yeah. way is to get as many people in. But I also wouldn't mind maybe doing a WST Invitational snake draft playoff pool. I love playoff pools, um, and it's been a minute since we've done one of those. So maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe I've we'll been, get. I'd... Maybe we'll lean on some of those other dudes, and hopefully the Jets will be in it, and that will add a little bit more. It might be bittersweet to do a playoff pool without the Jets in it, but I'm not even considering that possibility until we get through this game tomorrow night, and uh, hopefully we continue to see good things from the Jets the way things started with the first two games at home. Yeah, my dream is to live stream a fantasy draft one evening on this channel, so maybe one day we can fulfill that dream. Well, one day could be in a couple weeks. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I mean, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We got, we got time to go. So uh, this is a fun time on the sports calendar. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking is before we go. And by the way, stick around if you're with us live on YouTube. We're gonna bang out another one of the in, uh, interviews that you may have missed 
with Gold Eyes, the new manager of the Gold Eyes, Greg Taggart. And you can keep on chatting with everyone, uh, if you will. Um, you know, we're focusing so much on the Western Conference and the Central Division. Um, this wild card race in the East is getting really, really interesting. And tonight, what a massive night. The Florida Panthers are just one point back of the Pittsburgh Penguins, two back of the New York Islanders, and both the Penguins and the and the Panthers have games in hand. So Pittsburgh's on the road against New Jersey. That's a game that they feel like they have to have. If they don't win and Florida takes care of Buffalo at home, you could be talking about a uh, a Florida team that's in. And here, I, I guess people have written off the Buffalo Sabres, Reem, but if Buffalo were to beat Florida tonight, they actually would get within two points of Florida and still have a game in hand. So not entirely out. That'll be a hungry Buffalo team. But I'm very interested for the early games to see what happens with Pittsburgh and Florida, and then we can get back to obsessing about the eighth and final wild card spot in the uh, in the Western Conference tomorrow. So, big night in the National Hockey League. Jays back in action, and then tomorrow, all about the Jets and Flames here on Winnipeg Sports. Talking, of course, a little Masters the night before they tee it off at Augusta. Great show today. Thanks for everyone that's participated in the chat today. Make sure you've hit that red subscribe button on YouTube if you haven't already. And just know you can get the podcast wherever you get your favorite pods over at winnipegsportstalk.com. Search Winnipeg Sports Talk wherever you get your favorite pods. Thanks to the sponsors that made this show happen every day. Don't forget to get in the master's pool before tee-off, folks. And enjoy your night tonight, tomorrow, all in on the game of the year. And maybe the biggest regular season we've game we've seen in 2.0 history. Jets and Flames, we're all over it tomorrow. We'll see you at 1 p.m. live on YouTube. Have a great night, and thanks for hanging out with us today.